Welcome to day two of the IM Talk 2012 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Right, guys, welcome along to episode. No, day two, I should say, yeah. of the I Am Talk 2012 Kona Super Specials. Wednesday race week today. Wednesday of race week. Yes, Wednesday race week. That was good. I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, well, we had to do our, our special aquathon today. Oh, wait a second. Let's just this first. Manulani Hotel and Bungalows. We're about to go there, actually. We're looking it's forward to that. Bevan. I'm very excited. You should be excited. I'm, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it. Well, yeah, you're not hiding it very well. I can see that big smile. <laughs> um, and endurance sport travel. Oh. I'll tell you what, what's really great about these guys is that, um, you know, we, we give them a plug because they look after us and they're really great at what they do. But everyone we talked to, we had a few people at the Aquathon who mm. actually, Double J. Yeah, Double J. They're actually using them. And then we had Kevin as well, and who'd used them in the past. And he went over to Switzerland, was it? Either Switzerland or Germany or something like One that. The, yeah, yeah, and he was just saying, what he said what was great about them is that, you know, they did stuff that you didn't, they didn't even say they'd do. Like, they took yeah. them out on some walks and stuff. And, mm. you know, these guys, we get lots of great feedback. So if you are thinking about getting a service towards a race and someone else doing all the work for you, check out Ken Glower and Endurance Sports Travel. They do great, great work. Quick other sponsors. John, you know the T-shirts, the O2 T-shirts? They're stylish. We're looking good. Well, you know, I know that we think we're pretty cool. Yeah. But I was waiting for you today outside the hotel and a guy goes past me and goes, wow, it's a cool t-shirt, mate. Yeah. And I don't think he's a listener. So, yeah. Yeah, just nice. so, O2 good. creations are really great. All the guys that did the Aquathon today got a bit of extreme endurance as well. Nice. And uh, Blue 70. And Audio Technica. I was, I was coming to Bevan. Quality of the sound's good. We had a truck stuffing up our sound uh, at one stage in some of the recordings today. You'll get that later on. Um, but that's all good. Lava Java. Oh, We, we had salads, salads last night. We, had to, we got some takeaway salads. I had some chicken there. Caesar. Probably the best chicken Caesar of my life, John. That's not an exaggeration. I had the That's lava java special, and John was even licking. You get a basic cup with the with the mayonnaise in it. John was licking that. <laughs> so that is would we'll be happy quality with that. dressing. Uh, she'd be she'd be loving it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. Joe would love that as well. Okay, guys. So uh, so day two for us, and it's been uh, we actually to be honest, we did a lot of our interviews for today's show last night. So last night we interviewed who. We had Luke. Mc- oh, I'm losing track. We had Luke McKenzie. Yeah, I think I've got him on first. Yes, and then we went over and caught up with Carolyn Stephen and David Dallow. Yep, and then uh, we also got a, so in today's show we're going to have those guys. Then we've got a few little interviews with some people by the boat. We've got Albert on. We've got Ch- Andrew Charles. Yeah, yeah, Charlesy, yeah. and then we've got um, a couple of the guys who did the race. We've got a little bit about what happened with the Aquathon, yeah. um, which is all good fun. And then we're about to go about half an hour from now, and, and Mac is doing a media release, which we're not sure what that's all about. But we'll be after you'll know by the end of the show, and I'm, you'll probably see all the websites with it. But we're going to have a bit of a yarn to Mecca as well, and mm. see where he's at as well. So that will pretty much be today's show. Mm. Let's get into it. Oh, you don't want to give some thoughts. Well, I don't want to give, out, give away the Aquathon stuff too early. We'll talk about the Aquathon post. Post. Let's just yeah, say I'm not happy. Is he giving away? He didn't bring the trophy because he knew he was going down. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot the trophy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, you, you didn't win the trophy, but did you? Yeah, no. No, see, see none of us are happy. Um, and we, we'll, we'll have a quick mention about Lance at the end. Okay. John doesn't want to go into detail because we haven't done our peas on it, but 
we can't not talk about Lance on today, <laughs> you know. So we have to talk a little bit about Lance and a little bit about John put a question on Facebook asking what your guys' predictions are for the race at this stage, and maybe we'll talk a little bit at the end of the show as well. So we're going to check the interviews up. We'll pretty much have like a main interview, then we'll do a little bit of a segment in between with some stuff from the boat, some stuff from the Aquathon, and just you know interviews with listeners, and just be aware that. When we went the Equathon, there was a big truck behind us, so there's about a minute and a half where it's quite loud. Unfortunately, we just couldn't do much about that, but hopefully you know, you'll know, persevere with that, and it's definitely worth listening through because I think we have Caroline Stefan after that. So here we go. Here's, uh, let's get into the show. You can hear the water off in the distance, actually literally a metre away from us. It's not too much of a distance. <laughs> what is it? It's Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning. Coffees of Hawaii boat. Yep. Countdown is on. We've got a... Uh, about one hour till the start of the second annual Blue 70. What oh, does it start at eight? Yeah, yeah, we've got to swim back. Good meet and greet. Meet and he greet. He gets me to swim out here. I haven't swam. This is my first swim this year. Yeah. He gets me to swim out here. I'm helping you. And then we're going to swim back in and before we, we start gonna, the race. And then we're going to swim back out. And then we're going to swim back in. Ah, oh, this is conspiracy. Patine conspiracy. Oh, we just had a good save there. That's a great save. <laughs> Distances have been uh, certified by Garmin. It is going to be a 400 meter swim. Accurate. It's not going to be a John Newsom 400 meters. It is 400 meters. It is. Can I go straight? No, you've got to go around the boys. So, yes, the fever is building. Seriously, we've just there's thousands of people. It's actually like Iron Man Day out on the pier. People are just looking at us. Okay, John, so uh, what's the plan of attack for today for us? Here comes uh, Charlesy. Charlesy. Forgot his wetsuit. Convenient. Plan of attack is we are uh, kicking off with the wetsuit and Bevan's going down. I think I am because last year he gave me 40 seconds and this year he's given me 30 seconds and I haven't swam at all. So why, why am I so? Why do I get less this year? Who won last year? Conv- yeah. Convincingly. Yeah, because I smashed in transition and on the run. Exactly. No, it's it's fair. Life's life's always fair, Bevan. He's full of crap, team. He's full of crap. Um, so hopefully we have about 15 people doing it. It's going to be good times and then we're going to... Go see Macca. We've bumped into Macca this morning, and yeah. then we're going to go catch up with him. Bit of um, Manolani action later on today, and we'll see what else we can fit in. Okay, well, we're, uh, we're, we're doing some commentary from the uh, from where from our, our race, the Blue Seventy race site. Blue 70 wetsuit, handicap wetsuit, Aquathon Challenge 2012. Where John gave the handicaps. Let's just clarify that before we start the race. John made the handicaps. It's good. There's going to be some. Hey, pen- there's going to be some penalties out there because some of the times that people have submitted are, are not acceptable. Yep. So here we go. We've got, we've, let's get into it. Righty ho. We're reporting in today from uh, Lava Java, and uh, we've got Luke McKenzie with us. Welcome he along the show, Luke. You, he always gets you confused with Luke Bell. Do you no. hear that much? Yeah, I actually do get that a lot. I mean, I think it's not as bad as it was uh, probably three or four years ago. Um, used to go uh, a lot of places and uh, get called Luke Bell, but uh, I think because you kind of both have a similar look as well, wasn't it? I do. Yeah, I don't think I'm as scruffy as him. He likes to grow the beard. <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, I don't think I've gone through through puberty yet so uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to grow the beard like he does but uh, yeah and um, you know it's I think we've started to you know um, get our own identities too so that's good nice well the, the key question I've got to ask you is do you still hold the 2000 meter steeplechase under 16 record in Queensland I don't know I haven't looked into it for a while I mean I'm not sure if they even run the event anymore but uh, yeah I used to pride myself on my steeplechase victories back in uh, high school. I yeah. uh, haven't, haven't run one for a long time, but uh, yeah, interesting. I'd have to look into it. I'm um, sure there's a few of my uh, ex-track uh, 
teachers at uh, PBC High School that would probably be able to find out for me. And I'll, uh, <laughs> How did you, you transition know. from running to try? What happened there? Well, actually, I wasn't really, I wouldn't consider myself a runner even. I was more of a swimmer when I was growing up. And um, I guess the running complemented the swimming. And I guess I was quite good at cross country and track as well. And um, I think, you know, just growing up around Foster and seeing the Ironman each year sort of also had my, you know, interest in triathlon. But when the swimming career didn't really turn out, um, you know, I had my had a crack at triathlon, found I was alright at it, so I stuck with it. What level did you get to with swimming? Because it's pretty competitive in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, very competitive. You know, like when you when you're lining up um, against guys like Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett and Kai Hurst, <laughs> you know, back in the day, um, you know, and look where they came now. I mean, I, I don't think I stood much of a hope of actually making it to that sort of level. So yeah, I, I made a few national finals. Uh, a few state medals in breaststroke and medley and butterfly. Um, yeah, but my sister was really the swimmer of the family. She was national champion for quite a few years in the 100 free, and she was probably the one that should have should have pursued the career but didn't. Oh, well, just on that, when Peter was like at his top, what was it like What was it like being around him at that stage? Because he was like the man, wasn't he? Who's this? Ian Thorpe. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess we didn't. I didn't really know him that well, but just... You know, he already had that aura about him just from that age, you know. He was just this ultra-talented kid. And, um, yeah, I mean, watching him back when we were 10, 11, 12, um, it was evident that he was going to be a superstar for sure. He was just, like, half a pull in front of all of us. So, really? Yeah, it was... At that level? Yeah, and, um, you know, I mean, it's a long time ago now. It's probably nearly 20-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there was a lot of talent back then and... Um, you know, some of the some of them fell by the wayside, but guys like Thorpey were just you know they were always going to be great. So Tim, I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit about your short course career because I, I know you've been doing on long for I don't know maybe six or seven years yep. around about that. Um, but I read that you you know early on you were involved in the AIS team and, yep. and you've talked about your running as well. And yep. when we see you race at the moment, we typically see you having an awesome swim, awesome bike, mm-hmm. and and typically an, an okay run, um, mm-hmm. but not a great run. So when you did your your ITU sort of stuff, like what was the deal there? You know, did, did you stick with that for long or, or how did it go? Um, it was just a matter of progression, I think, and where my interest was going more than anything. Um, I did quite well in the juniors. I, you know, I was able to nab a third place at the World Junior Champs in 2001 in Edmonton, and I guess just the the system was really not what I was, um, you know, I, the the way that you know athletes are selected for teams and to go to the Olympics and whatnot. Obviously, being in the AIS, we were sort of earmarked to to go towards that Athens, Beijing sort of um, those Olymp- that Olympic period. But um, you know, it's just quite evident once I moved out of juniors that, that it just took a whole nother level to be, you know, at that standard. And at that same time, I started coming over to the states and doing quite well in the non-drafting stuff and winning some races. And I just realised that my strength really was my swim and bike and. Um, I guess that's why I sort of just kept on the non-drafting and put the progression, you know, I was a young athlete at that time and, you know, I got into half Ironman racing and then, you know, I did Bustledon in the end of 2004 and, and did quite well in my first one and, you know, that was sort of, as I saw it, my road here towards Kona, which was an ultimate goal, you know, I'd always sort of followed it since uh, being around Ironman in Foster as a really young kid, you know, we were out there every year, so... You know, I'd always dreamed of coming here, and in 06, I came here for the first time, and just, you know, I, I knew that my destiny was to, to, to do Ironman. 
So how, how do you go about laying out your season? Because when we, we look back at your results, you know, you've, you've had um, quite a few Ironman wins, mm -hmm. um, often been in either in Asia or Brazil. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for you as a professional athlete, you've got to make money, but, mm -hmm. but how do you go about laying out your season? Do you think, right, I need to, if I go to that race, I can probably win some good money there, mm -hmm. maybe a slightly weaker field. I know if I go to Kona, you know, you, you broke into the top 10 first time last year but prior to that you'd be coming here and getting nothing for turning mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. so how do you go about laying out your season yeah I mean it's a good question because I think um, you know back a couple of years ago when I did win quite a few Ironmans I sort of I looked at the races that I thought that I could win and I, I looked at the way that each race was won and I guess the, the races that that were going on in Asia at the time were hot and humid and hilly and, and these sort of things and so they really suited me and then you know, obviously I started to um, get a little bit more notoriety after that mm. and then you start getting invited to races and I think I a little bit strayed away from where my strengths were in the last year or two and sort of went where I, you know, where I thought the, the competition was harder and um, maybe it probably didn't suit me as much. Um, you know, racing in Frankfurt last year in six degrees was, you know, horrible. <laughs> I absolutely hated it and you know, I was able to come sixth there but I, you know, that was a really quality hard field in conditions that just, you know, I, I'm really not suited to. So I think that's something that I've sat down with my wife, Amanda, and sort of laid out, you know, in the future that I'm going to stick to my strengths and I want to race in the hotter, humid conditions like here in Hawaii. Mm. So uh, these are the races like Cozumel and um, in Mexico and, um, you know, St. Croix and anything in the Caribbean or, mm. you know, that they're, they're pretty, sort of... Pretty shitty destinations to yeah, go to, reckon, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, you know, you in the end of the day, it's your profession and you've got to make money. And I think, you know, whether races are considered, uh, you know, a weaker field or, um, or whatnot, I mean, you've got to pay the bills. And I think, you know, you go where your strengths are and... And that's how you do it. What about last year? You know, you've done Kona a few times. You kind of hadn't really nut cracked it, really. You had like some 30th and 20, a couple of 20th, was it? And a couple of top 50s. Yeah, and one kind of 50. But last year, you know, you had a pretty good race. You know, mm -hmm. top 10 in Kona's got to be bloody, pretty, pretty satisfying at the end of the yeah. day. Tell us about the day and why did it work for you so well last year? I think it worked so well for me last year because I really didn't have any, any pressure whatsoever. I, I came into it, I sort of was a bit disillusioned with where I was because I'd been training so hard and I went to the world 70.3 champs about four weeks out and just put in an absolute shocker like I just I couldn't get out of my own way and I was just like damn what's going on how are we gonna you know turn this around in four weeks and it was actually at that point I uh at the finish line of Vegas I started talking to my now coach Siri Lindley and oh. she'd been working with my wife for a while just uh coaching her for six or seven months or so and you know, I said at that point, I said, would you, you know, would you take me on? Would you coach me? And, um, and, you know, it was a big leap of faith four weeks out from Kona. And, you know, she's basically just led me into Kona and we didn't do hardly anything. She just, she could tell that I was sort of overcooked and sort of, um, like I said, a bit disillusioned. And she said, let's just go in there and have fun and, and, you know, do what you do best and just go for it. And so, I, I said to myself before the race, you know, if I get myself in that position where I can just really go for it, I will. And, you know, obviously it panned out on the bike. We got that break and I just went for it. And I just, I rode like there was no marathon coming, you know. And I think <laughs> ultimately that's a little bit how you have to race here. You've just got to take th those opportunities. You know, in the past I'd, I'd gotten myself up to the front of the race and not really committed to moves and, you know, 
in the end, you know, I've, I've had 19th and a 15th prior to my 9th. I think that those were the days where maybe, you know, I should have just gone for it a little bit more. So that was a, a, a learning lesson that I took into, la into last year's race. And I think that's why, you know, I had the result I did. I just, I didn't have the pressure and I just threw caution to the wind and went for it. How was the run, you know, because you obviously had a strong bike and, mm -hmm. and you know, you get off the bike and you knew you, you do have oh, a marathon. My first mile was amazing, mate. I was, <laughs> running, I was running along here with Crowy thinking, this is easy. I'm going to win it. Yeah, and then I was out near the turnaround. I was still in third place at one point and I think Macra was out there on the bike and he's like, mate, you can do this. You can come top three. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got out to the lab in fifth and, you know, I thought, well, I'm definitely on for a top ten here. I've just got to hold it together. And, um, you know, obviously there was the guys that were charging through the field like Jacobs and Raylord and um, a few other guys came through towards the end and, you know, but in the end I had to be happy, you know, where where I'd come from that in during that year where I just, you know, sort of in a bit of a transition year of um, a lot of a lot of stuff going on, you know, I took that I took that ninth place because, um, you know, it, I, I wouldn't have predicted it before. <laughs> What, what do you think you're capable of running here? I don't, you know, because we, we do often see you swim biking and that may be shadowing a, a run strength that you have, but yeah. if you have a good run... Um, coming what, off a good bike. Coming off a good bike, yeah. what, do you, what yeah. do you think you can do? I mean, I know that I'm capable of a 250 or even under. I just, you know, I, I show all the signs that I can do it in my training and in my half Ironman racing as well. And, uh, you know, the guys that I'm competing against at the halves that I'm running with, uh, translating their their run speed to the marathons probably a little bit better than I have been, but um, you know I think that's something that I've been working really hard with with Siri over the summer in LA. You know I have I've hardly raced this year for for a particular reason, and is that that is to make sure that I have the best race that I can have here. And the the work that I've been doing there indicates you know I, I can run with with some of these top guys, and uh, that's going to be the crucial point for me in that last 10 kilometers. You know I always go in into that last 21 k's in the in the top 10 in this race and i've been losing it in the in the last 15 10 odd k so you know um a little bit stronger mentally on the way home and i think you know i could definitely produce a top five i'm um interested to hear about siri we're hoping to catch up with siri later in the week and, and i first met siri um back in nam back in nam was almost back in, <laughs> back in Nam, about 1996 90, yeah. and back then she was just an emerging elite athlete she wasn't that crash hot and then she all of a sudden boom charge she was uh, the business but firstly there's not that many female coaches out there to start with um, and so what does Siri do for you in terms of you know is, to take you to that next level has it been a change in the training or has it more been a change in, in your headspace? Definitely I think you nailed it there at the end it was it's more the, the mental space you know I think I'd been coached previously back around 2000, 2001. Uh, Bill Davern was my coach when I was an uh, uh, Olympic distance athlete and um, I was also coached by Cole Stewart and these were two very um, sort of dominant personality type mm. coaches that, you know, I ultimately I walked away from, you know, after all the success I did have with them and that, that I thanked them for, um, ultimately there was, you know, a few clashes there with personality and and the direction that I was going and I sort of went out on my own for seven odd years you know the first you know couple of years of my Ironman career I was just basically just doing my own coaching um, you know and, and doing quite fine but you know like I said you always get to a point where you want to make that next step and um, so coming on with Siri you know I think that's what drew me to her you know I saw how she was with Amanda, my, my wife, and then also she had she was having success with Marinda and Leander, and 
um, you know, I was I was just looking at what 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 she's doing for them beyond. Uh, you know the physical training and it's definitely the motivation you know she's there she's so present and she's so enthusiastic mm. and you know um you know it's hard not to come away from training you know with a positive spin on it and i'm always looking forward to going training with siri and mm. i think that's the that's been the difference you know when you've been doing the sport for 15 16 years like i have you know you that's a refreshing thing mm. and i think that that's something that um this year i've really i've really enjoyed i've just been enjoying being around other other athletes um you know i've had olympic distance athletes through to ironman athletes and you know i think that's that's refreshing and fun and it's just brought a lot more enjoyment back to the training aspect i've always loved racing it's mm. just i guess the the training by yourself was you know mentally tough so it, it's been fun how important is it you know like as you say you kind of had this lonely world that you created for yourself you know and, and you, you were kind of doing good so you could kind of justify being in that world but as you're saying the support factor is important you know our sport does tend to create that lonely world for us so mm. how has that been for you outside of the sport to have that you know like not just in the training but also just in the mental well-being of yourself as an athlete yeah i mean i think that's the the thing that i've noticed you know with the lifestyle that you live you're never really anywhere for very long and so you you cherish the friendships that you do have and the, the people that are close to you because I mean you know it's, it's not that often but when I go back to to see people that I went to school with or I grew up with on the Gold Coast you know it, you realize that those guys really have kept that quite large friendship base there and you know the way that we live you know out of a suitcase we're overseas a lot of the time you know we, we have people come and go out of our life that, you know, they're, they're obviously friends, but I guess they're not close friends. Mm. So, um, you know, I think that's just the nature of the sport. I think, you know, you, that if you want to be successful, you're obviously going to have to... Um, these are periods of your life that you're going to be dealing with. It's just, um, you know, how you deal with them. So, I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. Like, travelling the world and getting to do all these amazing races all around the world is, you know, what we love. You, you, your wife's obviously an athlete as well. How's that go, you know, both, you know, athletes, how's it go? Yeah, it's good. I mean, she focuses a lot now on actually managing athletes. She's got nine athletes that she's taken on since, um, you know, the last few years. She started with my sponsorship for, for a while and then realised she, she, you know, she enjoyed it and had a bit of a knack for it. So, um, you know, she's sort of working her racing around that and um, she's got a finger in a lot of pies. You know, she just loves the business side of our sport. And um, so, she yeah. She got us our party tickets last year, didn't she? Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we she's, that, a, we need she's, that she's a girl to know, you know. <laughs> she, she knows everyone and, um, you know, she just she's in love with the sport and I think that's why she really does it, you know. Uh, she started out racing age group when we first, um, you know, started travelling the world together and we... We quickly realised she was winning her age groups here and there and doing quite well, you know. We and, and and all my sponsors were wanting to come on board with her because she's she's just so enthusiastic and in love with the sport. And um, I think that's you know I guess with her results she hasn't got the results of some of the top girls, but sponsors see a lot of value in someone that can speak well of a brand and and you know just generally be there to talk to people. You know I think that's something that. A lot of top pros can learn from Amanda in that aspect. You and um, sorry, you go ahead. Yeah, and so I, I think that's you know um, something that she's carried over into her management side of things as well. 
because you, you seem to be quite good in the you know, the Twitterverse and yeah. Facebooking and all that, and, and yeah. you, you know, people, some people enjoy doing that, but it, yeah. but I guess a big part of that is about branding mm-hmm. Luke McKenzie as, as getting out there, and, and that's like for our business that we, yeah. we, we we're looking at doing more. So you can probably give us some tips, but yeah. you know, that's that's I, I think you're right. That's an area where a lot of pros just don't get it. You're a business, and but you seem to do a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I know. I think it's something that I just constantly get a lot of feedback from. I guess people that you would call fans or friends or you know you know they enjoy it they want to be part of the ride and I think that's something that you know some pros are willing to sort of let people into their life a little bit like that and give them a little bit of an insight into you know our mindset and what we're doing and you know and then um, you know there's other pros that like to keep to themselves a little bit more so um, you know I guess that's people's personalities and but you know I I'm all for everyone coming along for the ride with what I do, you know, I've had so many people help me along the way, you know, and, you know, all the support that I get out there through the social media, I mean, it's, you know, it's awesome, you know, today, especially, I've just, you know, just getting all these um, Twitters and Facebook messages filtering in now, you know, that for support for the race, it's just something that... You know, it's it's something you can draw off on Saturday when you when you when you're hurting. You know that there's a lot of people out there thinking of you and wanting you to do well. So come race day, you know, it's a big weekend coming up. Obviously, said so you know your key day of you know this year. Yeah. Uh, how do you approach it? I think I've just got to approach it like I did last year and just take the opportunities when they present themselves and go for it. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to sit back and just be a passenger in the race again. It's 365 days till I get to line up again, and you know if. If I go out there in the form that I'm in and I just sit around waiting for something to happen, then it's, you know, I'll be disappointed in myself. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm in good form to have a race like I did last year. And if, and if not better, you know, I'm, I'm really a lot more confident uh, in my run this year than I was last year. And, um, you know, I just want to, I want to put myself in that position. And then I look forward to that mental challenge this year of, you know, um, that last 10 kilometres of the run and really, you know, digging deep. You're off to now just to do a bit of a gig with Scott. You know, have you got any, uh, anything you want to share about any of your sponsors that's going on this week? Or I know you're, um, yeah, just, just tell us a bit about what's what's going on with you and your sponsors. Yeah, I'm very unfortunate to have some great sponsors. And um, obviously, I've been with Scott for a while now. I've been together for five years and they've, they've really shown a lot of support to me and my wife. But, uh, you know, the last few years, we... We started out as, you know, um, you know, a couple that, you know, Scott didn't know us from a bar of soap, and now we're they're like family to us. So, um, you know, it's that's how we approach a lot of our our sponsorships, and it's it's about being loyal, and it's about you know, um, you know, giving back because I mean I think a lot of pros tend to to they're willing to take but you've got to be willing to provide your time as well and especially at a race like this so yeah I've got a lot of commitments this week but um you know that's that's something that's part of the job and so you know also K-Swiss obviously they're my biggest sponsor and you know yeah Yeah, (laughs) you know it (laughs) yeah no um K-Swiss have been great um for me and for the sport I think you know they're they've whether people know it or not, you know, what they've done over the last five years behind the scenes for the sport has been, you know, something that, you know, a lot of people um, should be thankful for and hopefully we can continue to uh, to do them them proud because uh, they've been behind a lot of professional athletes and, um, you know, without them, you, you know, these guys aren't putting uh, food on the table. Mm-hmm. So we've got to thank these sponsors. 
I'll ask. Okay, you've been girls' race. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. What do you think about the girls' race? What, what, tell us what your thoughts. It's wide open, mate. It's, pretty, uh, it's interesting, can, isn't it? It's a fascinating race, isn't it? I'll probably be a little bit biased, but I'll tell you right now, Leander Cave is red, red hot. Really? I think, um, yeah, I've I've never seen a swim bike and run better than she is at the moment. And obviously, her form at Vegas showed that. Um, just just running with her, you can tell she's a different athlete. And the confidence coming out of her now, you know, she knows she can win this race. Whereas I think before, and obviously having Chrissy around and with Marinda's success, she, you know, she was probably had that bridesmaids tag. But I know, I know that she knows that this year it's wide open. But um, you look at Caroline Stefan and what she did in Ironman Melbourne. I mean, that was Chrissy-esque sort of mm. performance. You know, she was amazing there. And um, I wouldn't be writing her off at all. You know, she's she's performed all year. She's had some big results in big races. And, um, you know, and you've got, um, you know, obviously Marinda's won the race. So you can't count out a past champion. And that, you know, that carries over into the men's as well. So, um, you know, the past champions are the people that, you know, have done something, you know, they know how to win this race. So... They've got that advantage. Well, you Aussies might have had a disappointing uh, Olympics, Aussies, but Aussies are dominating up. our sport. But in <laughs> long course, guys, not race, like that. you know, you've got there's probably four or five of you in the in the guys guys race this year. It's hard for you, you know, work in Australia because you know you've got you know pretty much the top guys in the sport. Yeah. You know, is it hard to get some noticed? Um, I'm I'm not really worried about that. You know, I think <laughs> any sort of publicity we can get. Um, from Australia or in Australia for our sports great yep. and you know I think you know it's I, I'd if I wasn't to win this race I'd love for an Aussie to continue to hold the the, the crown here you know I mean it's sort of you know it's the biggest race in our sport and to for our country to to you know be doing so well I'm just happy about that and it's it's awesome that we're starting to get you know a, a little bit more depth to it as well you know I, I think there's about 10 odd Aussie guys in the field now and I mean that's about good. a fifth of the field yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i mean that's that's really exciting and i think at vegas we had even more than that you know a lot of the young guys coming through that have sort of moved on from the 70 you know from the olympic distance up to the 70.3 and ultimately they'll probably end up in ironman as well so you know it's an exciting time in australia you know i think our obviously our <clears throat> depth in our men's in the olympic distance is suffering a little bit at the moment but i but i can tell you our 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 team and our, our guys in Australia that are racing long course are just you know mm. awesome awesome yeah yeah awesome that was brilliant so um, we'll let you get off to to go do your Scott gig yeah. we'll look forward to going we have to catch up if Amanda sees us during the week make sure you tell her to come over and uh, and we'll get her on as well yeah she's totally. oh, mate that'll that'll take up five episodes <laughs> <laughs> I hope, she, hope she's not listening awesome okay thanks yeah thanks for your time mate champion. no worries thanks for me awesome mate. Good friend of the show here, Andrew Charles, Charlesy, aka Ironman racer and um, quite Kona qualifier. But Charles, camp veteran. Ch- Charlesy was telling me about um, a mate he's over here with who uh, is part of the legacy programs. So Charlesy, tell us uh, the story about him and uh, give him a bit of love and his name and, and how he got here. Uh, his name's Leon Colbert, uh, better known as Colby to his Australian mates. He's done about 25 Australian Ironmans. I think he started in about 1960. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's um, come close to qualifying, but never made it before. So this was his chance and first year in the Legacy Program, and he's here. 
like, like you know, like for us, we've been fortunate being able to do this race. For a guy like him, who's been such a long part of the sport for so long, what did it actually mean? From you know, how how great was he? Did he feel about it? Oh, it's fantastic, mate. I don't think he believed it at first, and um, I actually talked him into going into the legacy draw because he wasn't even aware of it at the time. So, I talked him into putting his form in. He put his form in, and he's here. And he's feeling great. Oh, he loves it. And he and his wife said to me, she said, um, she thought they'd have to wait till he was seventy to get over here, and. So he's made it about 25 years ahead of schedule. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Charlesy, what's uh, your advice? You've raced here before. What's your advice for the uh, for first-timers? Uh, very much take the first 70k steady, not too hard. Otherwise, as I found out my first year, if you go too hard to the bottom of uh, the Harvey Hill, you'll be screwed. <laughs> Actually, not too hard on the whole bike, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, awesome, Charlesy. Good to see you. Uh, we'll see you out there on race day on the uh, on the sidelines. Yeah, you're, you're a supporting crew like us, mate. Bring it on. John, I got um, I've got an advantage in this race we're having, John. Uh, no, the bloody co- caffeine. I've got my coffee for a while. I'm having it right now. I'm getting wired up out here, team. And uh, oh, I was going to get Albert. He's taking photos of us. <laughs> put, put your pretty face on, John. Put your pretty face. There we go. Look. There we go. So if you watch, so you see a photo of us on the boat. So Albert, come over here, mate. Then we get Guy on because we got Guy here. How you going, mate? You feeling good? Good, Bev. How are you guys? I'm getting wired, mate. I've got your coffee. There you go. 100%. So, what busy week for you again? Day two, is it? Day two of the coffee bar. So, having fun as always here. Uh, family, friends, and uh, friends from all over the world. So, it seems that people uh, really enjoy coming out here and talking story with uh, different athletes and uh, racers. Did, um, did, are you out here longer this year? Yesterday, you seemed to be out longer. Uh, we stayed out till 10 o'clock, so usually until we run out of coffee. It was hot yesterday. It was There was no wind, and it was muggy. Today's overcast. Looks like it's going to rain a little bit, but I'm sure it'll uh, clear up and be warm again. And, and how about coffees of Hawaii? You know, for the, for the listeners that obviously want to support it, I mean, obviously they need to buy it, but is there any other ways, you know, that they can help you guys out with, with what you're doing? No, I think just, you know, our, our whole model is, is pretty much an online model. So, you know, visit our website. We just revamped our homepage. So I have a lot more ability to put fresh images there. I mean, people love images of Hawaii. So let us know the images you want to look for, be it races or coffee growing or any island images. And try to create a link uh, of authenticity between the coffee and the... Uh, and the website. I can definitely condone the coffee. It's a sensation. I'm going to have another one, John. You, you asked the next question. Um, what, what's the prediction for the Aqua? Do, do you think that 30 seconds is fair for, for the head start with Bevan on the Aquathon? Well, I think if Bevan keeps drinking coffee, you probably not better give him any handicap. He's going to be walking on water. Exactly. <laughs> we start. To, we should start together. <laughs> start together, whatever. I'm not happy, John. I'm not happy. Hey, so you're racing this weekend. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. It's, you know, every year it gets age, it gets harder. There's a few more niggles every year, but I've managed to keep myself together. So we'll, we'll see. Just try to execute a good race. How many coaches have you done? And this will be number nine. So still, still, still searching for the elusive perfect race. Have yet to find it. What would, what would like, time-wise, the perfect race... I know, like, it's obviously more than time, but... Time goals. If I can, I, my whole goal is if I can if I can come out of Ali'i Drive, what's that, eight miles or so, running on the highway, feeling good, actually having my wits about me, eating and drinking, and actually able to exert energy, and I'll be super happy. And that's been very, very difficult over the years to arrive at that point of the race where I think that you can make the most time and 
do the best and usually I arrive at that point of the race completely out of it or spaced out Zombieland. or whatever so yeah. you did what was the race you qualified in you did the crazy windy race which was St. George <laughs> so tell us about that race because that was just epic wasn't it St. George was an interesting day so it's in a high desert and the swim was in this reservoir and it was a counterclockwise rectangle course and so we start the first leg it's 7 a.m. and it's just Smooth, just smooth. Then we turn the left buoy, and I feel it's, it feels a little bit choppy. I wasn't really paying attention. It feels choppy. And then we turn the next buoy, and it was like all hell had just completely <laughs> broken loose. And it was the craziest, craziest conditions I've ever been in. I mean, immediately just started thinking somebody's going to die in this race because I mean, typically, I you know, they would have canceled if 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 the race had started ten minutes later, they would have canceled. The, they would have canceled the swim for sure. And uh, because I, I think the lake's so shallow, and it was blowing like 40, I, they had you know power boats were swamping on the course, and I couldn't breathe because the, the chop was so short that you just literally could not breathe. So I couldn't even breathe. The only way I could breathe was swimming breaststroke, and so it was completely nuts. And then the bike course was two loops, and it seemed like it was 90 miles ahead winds <laughs> the whole times. They had all these uh, canyons that you're riding through, and the and the wind is just channeling through the canyons and just. You're running out of gears and just grinding along. So, so it was a it was a long, uh, eventful day. Satisfying finish. Yeah, it was happy. I, I felt horrendous on the bike and then got off and felt good for the run. So there you go, the the mystery of Iron Man. So, Pippin, we have to swim to shore. Okay, John, you race and I'll get there in a few minutes. Yeah. So we're gonna head on to the shore for our wetsuit challenge. So, we'll see you in the shore. Bring it on. We're going. Right, we've got David Dello here. The uh, I was saying you got like the perfect pop name, you know, like a pop singer. Yeah. David Dello. You like okay. that? Rolls there off you the tongue. Yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Once this career's finished, mate, you got another career in front of you. <laughs> tell you, you made it. He's he's the Ironman Cairns champion. Yeah. And uh, amongst other things, we'll go through a few few other bits and bobs. He's uh, as Aussie as you'll hear. John, the most important factor is that his, his idol is a guy called Wally Lewis, <laughs> who probably ninety percent of the audience have never heard of. But if you're yeah. a bit of a New Zealander slash Australian. You love Wally Lewis. He was always good for the Biffo, wasn't he? he was yeah. Good for the <laughs> yeah, he was an amazing rugby league player in, in Australia. One of the best of all time, really, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and quite an aggressive player. And in Australia, they have this thing called State of Origin, which is the big league event of the year, really, isn't it? State yeah. against state. State against state. Mate against mate. And uh, Queensland, which who I supported, and who did you support, John? I was, I was probably more on the fence with uh, with with the, the Blues. <laughs> disappointing, disappointing. But Wally Lewis was their captain and, and uh, iconic player. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Back, back, to, back to you. Back, back to a bit of triathlon stuff, Dave. Is it, is it your first, I mean, we know it's your first time racing in Kona, but is it your first time actually being here and, and experiencing all that it is? Yeah, first time here. Um, Caroline's obviously raced here the last two years, but um, I never had the opportunity to come over because I just had surgery and all that type of thing. So first time here and first time racing. You know, like for, you know, for most age groupers getting off the plane, there's that sense of holy crap you know like it's you know this is a big thing and they commit so much to their life and i'm curious for a pro who's been a seasoned pro for a long time what's the experience for you being a first-timer here um a bit hard to explain it's something it's the images of uh, kona are something you've seen like since i was 10 years old and um i'd say it's pretty similar to the first time you go to the eiffel tower like everyone's yeah. seen the eiffel tower on tv but when you go see the eiffel tower you go bloody hell that's the awful tower and it's the same thing when you go out to the energy lab because you've seen hundreds of pictures of that and also go to the pier and go see the lava fields you're like oh i've seen this a million times and i'm here it's a bit of a strange feeling but um definitely exciting 
you know, a lot of people probably think David Dello, you know, oh, he's all of a sudden he's come onto the scene and um, and had some really good results in the last twelve months. But you've been you've been around a while because I, you know, I was involved. My my first passion is the ITU stuff, and I, know, I regularly saw your Can't name. <laughs> Regularly used to see your name coming up there. So maybe tell us a bit about your your, your ITU background. Uh, well, I did ITU racing for ten years, mm. and um, uh, with a bit of moderate success, I suppose. But um, I think uh, I really just am not built for that sport. Um, yeah, yeah well, the first time I saw you, it's like <laughs> for, compared to the little ITU guys these days, you're you're a unit. Yeah, you know? they're um, yeah. be proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Biafran's and and that was my first love as well, um, IT racing, and that's why I stuck with it for so long. Um, always wanted to be an Olympian, and yeah, it, it never really, never really happened. And I re- I was thinking about quitting the sport actually because I was sort of um, just treading water really, and um, ran into Brett Sutton, and um, he kind of talked me into going over to Ironman mainly for that reason because. Um, He'd have said you don't have the right body type for the IT racing, so you just um, you got you're at a huge disadvantage. So um, yeah, got into the Ironman and um, yeah, got some good success in my first year. You know, ten years ITU, you know, it's a, it's a decade, it's a long time. You know, how was it not quite quite making that? You got some top ten results, so you had some good races over the years, but kind of always sitting that not quite there place. What was it like? It's frustrating. Yeah, I yeah. Can like because um, that ITU racing is so close, like guys that are making good money and are on the front of magazines and sponsored and all, et cetera, et cetera, they're only <clears throat> a minute down the road maybe. It's like that's probably um, just a big cork because it's so uh, – uh, not a cork, a, um, a motivator to stay in the sport because um, – You think you're close. You, yeah, you're yeah. so close, but um, re- in reality it's a long way away. So, um, yeah, that's why I stuck with it for so long. But, yeah, it was, it was frustrating just – really um, doing a little more than making up the numbers for such a long period. Mm. So when, when you thought about looking at this season that we've had, you know, at this, at, I don't know how far out you plan your seasons, but did you look at it going, how am I going to get the points for Kona or did you just think I'm going to do these races and if I get enough I'll, I'll be there? How, how do you sort of plan it all out? Well, the number one goal was always Kona. So um, that's why I raced race Melbourne early in the year. That was a 4,000-point race. Mm. So... Um, <coughs> plan was to get a good swag of, of points at uh, Melbourne mm-hmm. and I got fifth there so that gave me about two and a half thousand points and mm-hmm. then um, I just had to really get um, top two or three at Cairns and I'd be in and, and so I had a win there and so it was more than enough points to be qualified. But was it cool to get the win? Like, you know, like Over Brownie as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, you know, you've been an athlete for 10 years where you kind of didn't quite get there and, yeah. you know, to, you know, you come into the sport and it's a different sport but it's a similar sport. You know, it must have been a buzz. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, you've been uh, just grinding away and not really getting anywhere, and then all of a sudden you win three or four races in a row. It's um, yeah. it's a great feeling, and um, I wouldn't say it's like a happy feeling. It's more relief. It's like, oh, like finally, you know, all that all that training and toil has mm. paid off. Mm. What, oh, can I just, yeah, what does it do for your confidence? Because, you know... It's got to help liberate your sense of belief in self. Ah, oh, definitely. Um, with every like little milestone, the confidence grows, and um, I think it's helped. Like I'm only a newcomer here to Kona, and um, a bit of an unknown, but I'm still feeling confident for the race. And I, and I think um, those wins earlier on in the year 
have helped me have helped my confidence. Do you know what's just occurred to me, Bevan? What's that, John? It's a bloody Australian show we're doing. Yeah, we've got lots of Aussies on. <laughs> so yesterday, hey, she, this is, she's getting her Australian citizenship. Oh, she's going to be Australian soon, as so well. Sorry, she's almost. Uh, you take it. You guys, you got stop so, it. So, so we've just released our first show. We had Rinny, um Leander Cave, who's a pom, but. She's also an Aussie, yeah. um, and then we've had, had Luke McKenzie. The sad thing is, like, what New Zealand do is we just claim other countries if they're good. <laughs> so Australia's the got good, and they're claiming it's hey, not, we, not good we, enough. We claim Russell Crowe yeah. and a few others. He's so our only famous we're, person. We'll let it pass. Well, <laughs> Crowded house or ours? Yeah. Pavlova is ours. Yeah, so. yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Um, yeah, you, you, so you had your first experiences at, at Ironman. I'm really interested to hear what the hell you thought of um, doing. Not Alp to Ears, um, Embra Man. Embra Man, yeah. Yeah, because I, I I did the Olympic distance here last year as part of a camp just for a bit of fun, and then we rode over over Col Dizard and uh, one of the other Coles, Col de Vars, I think you go over. Uh, how different is it doing that type of a race to another Ironman race? Um, it's a hell of a lot harder in, yeah. a, in a nutshell, but... Um, you know, as as you were saying before, I had ten years in the ITU and um, riding in, in ITU racing is a bit of an afterthought. So um, the plan um, that Brett and I had is to do a lot of those hard races, like I did Ombre Man, um, Elk Duez, Gerard Mare, um, all awesome. all really hilly hard courses yeah. um, to really uh, give my uh, a bike a, an improvement. But uh, yeah, Ombre Man's an absolute killer. Like yeah. um, I got first off the bike there, and I think I went just under six hours for the ride. So, um, yeah. what's the distance? It's 180, but you so three three mountain passes. Yeah, it's 5,000 yeah. meters of climbing. Wow. Which, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of climbing, but it's it's a fantastic race. It's um, I'd recommend it to anyone who wants to uh, do something a bit crazy. It's a long, tough day, but it's awesome when you finish. So, so coming to Kona, you know. Um, Everybody's got different expectations, and they say, oh, "I just want to go out there and give it a nudge, learn the experience first time." You what, win what, it. What, 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 what do you hope to get out of your day? Um, it's a bit hard to say. Like uh, I've had a look at the results of this race for the last five or six years, and every year has varied a lot. Some years it's just been twenty guys getting off the bike together, and then there was that year where. Um, McCormack and a couple of others broke broke the bike apart and then it broke apart again last year so I'm not too sure how the race is going to plan out but obviously first things first is to have a good swim and be out there and um, just get out onto the Queen K and be in that front group and um, mm. just roll with the punches I think and um, stay positive and uh, flex mm. have a flexible plan and uh, do my best. What, is Caroline giving you any good tips? She has actually. Yeah. Um, just a few little pointers here and there. Um, I had a lot of questions about the course, um, yeah. where the wind blows, and all that type of thing. And so, she, yeah, I've got some really good advice from her in the last couple of weeks. Nice. You know, Sutter is always a bit of a you know a bit of a mystery to everyone in the triathlon world. And uh, you you obviously been training from since you've kind of made this Ironman transition. What did you use a coach much in the ITU? And and if so, what has been the difference as you moved into a your training, but then b working with Sutter? Yeah, I've had I've had quite a, quite a few coaches in ITU. I was with Cole Stewart, Steve Moss, Darren Smith. Um, so they were just a couple. I've worked with them, but um, then I went over to Ironman and um, started training with Brett. And I think one of 
one of the reasons why I've improved, one of Brett's best skills is he knows um, exactly what each individual person needs to do in their training. Like, and he, he decides that by different body types and different personalities and, and that's what he's good at. Like I train totally different to other guys in my team. Mm. So, um, and then also just as a, a bloke, we get along really well and he's obviously Australian and I love all these old stories about the um, the stuff he got up to in his boxing days and um, he used to be a, a serious squash player and all that type of thing. So we just – he is really experienced as a coach but we also clicked personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy the training? Like, you know, because it must be slightly different to – or at least slightly quite a bit different to what you're doing in ITU days. Oh, definitely. It's um, just a lot of <clears throat> Ks just – sitting on their bike and just becoming strong and uh but uh i was always so injured back in my itu days um, i'm i'm really enjoying the tr- it's just great to go out and train and and not be injured so i'm, I'm i've loved the training this year okay so to, um aside from um ironman here i'm intrigued to know what's going on in australia with what's happening the olympic distance <laughs> you guys rocket ironman but you what's guys happening are, in olympic? Yeah, you, we, we talked to luke mckenzie about this he said there's this great breed of guys probably a bit like you who weren't quite there at olympic distance who are coming up to 70.3 and they're gonna granted they'll probably come on to ironman a bit further down the track but, but why why has australia why is australia not producing consistently quality athletes that they used to produce you know you've got Carter Felt and at the moment there's not many really many others that are could be top 10 on a, on a world champ and series. when we look at the long distance you guys are just dominating you know like mm. I think Luke was saying 10 of the 50 guys are Australian yeah. in, you know this weekend and that's yeah. you know it's massive and so yeah what's happening um, well I think back in the 90s we just had an awesome race series the F1 series and that just pr- produced so many champions um Greg Welsh was one, Brad Bevan, um, I'm probably forgetting half, Mole Stewart, they all raced um, hard and fast, you know, seven or eight times a year in, that re- in an awesome series and it also bred up lots of younger guys and, you know, the guys coming through, um, you know, in the 2000s and that, they don't have that series and they've mm. really got nothing to, uh, to race for in Australia and just, um, I think there's been a, there's probably a bit of a lack lack of depth, um, mm. just because the guys have nothing to aim for, um, and also and a combination of um, I think there's been some poor um, management of uh, you know the AOS and all that type of thing. So um, all those things combined, it's um, yeah the the ITU stuff has still sort of started to fizzle out a bit, and definitely a lot of guys who started out in ITU. Have made the switch now to uh, to long course, and so we're shining. We're shining in long course mm, at the moment. Yeah, yeah really shining, oh, dominating. Uh, we're, we're, look, we're looking forward to seeing how you Aussies go. Of course, we want uh, Brownie to be right there in the mix, but um, happy for a few of the Aussies to be, be in we'll, the we'll mix. Claim as well. We'll, we'll claim, claim them. We'll claim the Aussies. <laughs> yeah, Crowley's yeah. going to be a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, you, you've you raced be. in New Zealand. Probably that'll that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> you might be interviewed, interviewing uh, Bevan Doherty uh, this yeah, time next yeah, year, maybe. Yeah. So we'll see what Bevan does. And you've got Chris Gemmell there as well, and of course yeah. Terenzo. So um, I'm sure your Kiwis will bounce back next year. Yeah, bring it Let's on. Hope so awesome, David. We wish you luck. Yeah, and, good luck um, with you, mate. Look forward to seeing the you do you pink the pink, white, and black. Stripes yeah. coming past nice and quick. We're actually uh, we're red, 
Red and white now. Red and yeah, white? Yeah, red and white. What yeah. happened? Oh. Uh, we have a, a, a brand sponsor called Alaska. It's a, um, a milk company from the Philippines and their, their logo's um, red and white. So our, our suits are all red and, red and white now. So just with the heat, are you major- majority white for this weekend or? The suit? Yeah. Uh, it's majority red, so it's <laughs> <Now laughs> faster apparently. So There you go. This is key. <laughs> I've got to see, get the old... Uh, Get the old Yvonne Van Vlerk, and I hope it's not too much white. <laughs> yeah. Just start doing a shower. shower. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, David. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to seeing how you go on Saturday. Yeah, bring it on, mate. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, team, well, we've just come in from the Ecrathon, the Blue 70 Ecrathon Challenge, and uh, one person took a new strategy to the race this year. They didn't just wear the wetsuit in the water. They decided to go shoes first. Turned out, sorry if this is our bus is going by, but a Polynesian adventure tours. Took a risk, wore our shoes in the water, Turned out to be a good strategy. It's better to be smart than fast. <laughs> End up winning quite easily. So, what, how'd you feel out on the course? I felt good. The swim was great. Getting through the crowd was a little rough. Uh, the way out was a great, great run. The way back was a little bit rough. A bit rough. I was looking for a flatbed to jump on you. But did you know you had the win? At the turnaround, I, I pretty much. Yeah. Quietly confident. Quietly confident. Coming at second place. Kevin Cody. Kevin Cody. Age group Kevin? of the week, 2007. There That's we right. go. And he's old school, 2007. That's right. So uh, what was your strategy today in today's race? Yeah, I just uh, went out hard and pushed myself. This was my A race for the year. I've been building up all year, doing all my running in yeah. wetsuit. Uh, all, all my swimming in warm water in wetsuit. So. You're definitely committed. I like that about you. Yeah, 100%. This is the most prestigious race on the triathlon circuit. And, and uh, podium finish, you got to be happy with that? Yeah, I couldn't be happier. Could take top three next year. I'm going to come back for the win. Nice, nice. Good to see the competitive nature is coming out already. Love your work. And we've got our second place getter here. First place woman. First place woman. Oh, we're doing sixes, are we? Oh, we're doing, but it was a handicap race. But no, I, I won a pink uh, oh, tie belt. Okay. Yeah. How was your race? It was really good. It was hot out there. It was hot out there, wasn't it? Yeah, even with my uh, special, my specially made wetsuit just for this race. She, she definitely had, if we talk about wetness, sweet, sweet thickness, mine's like a bloody boat and hers was like a layer of skin, but hey, great technical. It, it, it was neoprene though, so it was, and it was long-legged, so I think technically it, it fit all of the equipment. So do you think you'll come back next year and defend your tie? Oh, for sure, for sure. If I, only if I'm lucky, but for sure. Well, hopefully next year we'll see you again. Love your work. Love your work. And she ran in the thongs. Uh, of course, yes. Commitment. Love it. Love it. Okay, I'm going to pull over John Newsom here. John Newsom, I got out of the water. You pulled in front of me in the water. I jumped on your toes. You smacked into a few people. I thought, yes, he's slowing down. That's good. Got out of the water. He had a pretty terrible transition. I thought, maybe I've got him here. He had about 20 metres on me. Tried to bridge the gap. Couldn't. Then I gave up. It's, it's, you've got issues and you know how unfit you are when you're cramping coming out of the swim when it's only 400 metres. Yeah. But that, that, were you on my feet? Did you tap my feet when I Yeah, hit yeah. I had a full on head. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like touching my You were just losing me too, so it was good because I, oh, I slowed up, good stuff. <laughs> but no, it was good. I wasn't sure. You never know until we get to the turn. What sort of lead you got? Got the turn. Yeah, I have to admit, I mentally gave up. <laughs> I had 20 metres on me. I thought, try bridge it, try bridge it. You just had your toe down. You beat me this year, mate. Congratulations. Right. You were the better man. <laughs> in 40 seconds, we would have come out of the water. If we'd done the same as last year, we would have come out of the water bang together, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we should have been 40 seconds, so is what you're saying. It wasn't two minutes. Like yeah. Last year. yeah, so I would have beaten you on the run then. So, uh, yeah. 
Now what? Okay. Now, go, now breakfast. I'll say, I'll say thank you to everyone who came along mm-hmm. and the support crews. Mm-hmm. Big clap, everybody. Yeah. See, the crowd The crowd is massive. So and, anyway. And Blue 70, because Blue uh, 70, yes. race. And also uh, O2 Creations dished up lots of prizes. Oh, seriously, these guys have got a free house. And Coffees of Hawaii for the start place. Love your work. Okay, team. So this year's Aquathon Challenge champions and everybody. Thank you for coming along, guys. See you later. John, I've picked Carolyn Stephen to win this race this weekend. That's, that's the one I'm picking. I'm putting it out there. No, no pressure. Not no, no pressure. I'm sure she doesn't really care about what I think. But And it's not just because I think she's doing pretty well this year. It's because she likes my sunglasses, John. Look at those. You can borrow them if you want. Loan them. Loan Actually, Loan them. I could maybe pass them to her as she's coming up the finishing line. Although, I think she's got a glasses sponsor because she's literally got 100 <laughs> pair of glasses sitting over there, hasn't she? There's a few. Are you sponsored by Oakley? Uh... Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, no, no, seriously. <laughs> I just had a little trip yesterday to the Oakley house and uh, grabbed some sunnies. I wish I would have like that. Imagine that. Yeah. You uh, know, the good thing is if I cross the finish line with one of these pink sunnies, uh, they donate $100 to um, a foundation for breast cancer. Oh, so nice. uh, I reckon the most of the pros will cross the finish line in pink sunnies on Saturday. Oh, great. Mm. Great. Awesome. Well, it's a big, um, we hear this from, from guys that have, like, last year for you, you know, the uh, last two years here, you've had amazing races I know last year the run was, was you, you came into it with an injury last year as well didn't you yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. right yeah. but but uh, this year it's obviously um, you know you must know that a lot of people are talking about you and uh, really yeah and <laughs> but the amount of media work that you've got to do this week is it's what people don't understand it's, it's, it's big time isn't it For when, when you when you the, the top Two or three. You've got to do a lot of work this week in terms of interviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I actually tried to get organised a month ago, and yeah. I, I cut pretty much fifty percent off and say can't do it because it's got just got way too much. But this morning I opened my mailbox and I got another five requests of interviews, and it's just um, it's just really hard. I mean, yeah. I spent today. I had four interviews. I had registration. I had a doping control as well. So I was pretty busy even if I had a rest day. So yeah. tomorrow we'll, we'll be a bit busy on the expo and then Thursday is on... Shut the door. Yeah, and then that's it. How Friday. do you manage it, you know? Because there is, there's even, I know with us it's, it's easy work, but there is an energy out that comes with all that, you know, media and, and sponsorship stuff. How do you manage looking after yourself within that? I take it as a, a part of my job. I reckon I have to do some but I don't have to do everything. Mm. That's what I did wrong last year. I thought I have to do like all the media stuff and it was way too much. Mm. And this time I said, okay, I cut 50% off and that's okay. And I mean, it, it's good fun, especially with guys like you. Oh, we yeah. love you. <laughs> yes. And she likes my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if things change for you this year, you know, you've had, you know, the, the Melbourne performance was, was spectacular. Um, has that changed your outlook on the sport? Is it still as much fun or are you going... You know, you, you, you're not you're not coming from behind or anything anymore. Has it, has it changed at all? Uh, the one who changed is I got my confidence back. Yeah. Uh, I lost it a little bit last year on Queen uh, Queen K and the last 10K. And uh, I took some time off last year and uh, Melbourne showed me I'm, I'm on the right path and I'm more motivated than ever. And uh, I love the training, love racing. and. Why are you being a, you know, a stupid question, but you really seem to have had a pretty phenomenal 12 months, you know, post-Kona, you, you know, Melbourne, and, and you've had lots of great results. What's clicked this year? Like, you, you weren't having a bad year last year either, but this year, there seems to be a step up. Yeah, um, I trained hard last year, but I couldn't show it in the race because I was injured. So I reckon this year just um, still can 
take something out, something out from last year. It's like you train for two years, you're not even racing, and then you do one race and you have a huge step. That that's how it feels for me. Mm-hmm. What, what do you? Bevan always likes to get the SmackDown talk yeah. out of the girls. We, we get it out of Macca and, and it's some of the guys. Yes. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> do, this year, there's a sense that some of the people are discussing there may be a bit of a break there in the swim, you know, in terms of there's some good, strong swimmers with you and Joycey and, and one or two others. Is that, do you care what the others are doing or are you just going to go out there and do what you do best or do you, do you play off what the others are doing much or not? I reckon it's a mix of both. Um, a couple of years ago, I thought you, I reckon you can do whatever you want in Kona, but that's that's changed. Uh, the female getting stronger in the swim, and they're getting stronger on the bike. If you had a look on on the race in Abu Dhabi, we had a pack of five at the front. Same in Melbourne, I rode with Rachel uh, mm. in the front together, and um, I reckon that's changing this year in Kona as well. I reckon there is a pack in the front mm. with the good cyclists, and uh, I reckon that's pretty exciting. Well, it really is because often over the years, when you talk to the guys, there's always that game dynamic to the game, and with the females, there's never really been that. It's, you know, there hasn't been that game factor, but this year, th- th- it does seem to be in play, doesn't it? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, what about where the WTC is? Because we know you're a racer and you love racing quite a lot. Um, you, you seem to do several Ironmans in a year. Um, do you like the way that they're going with the point structure and just the, the general direction of what WTC are doing? Or do you think they could be doing things better? I reckon it's a better system to have points than just to roll down, especially mm. after Miss Ones to roll down in oh, 2009. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sleep in and <laughs> Miss roll down and couldn't go to Kona. So, oh, really? Yeah, oh, no. so that's done now. At, um, I, I prefer <laughs> to have the points. <laughs> yeah, it was in Port Macquarie, I got the third. Yeah. And Chrissy was qualified, so Becky took the first spot and uh, the second spot. Um, yeah, I missed it, so the second spot went to the fourth girl. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. So, yeah, I definitely prefer the points. I reckon it's way better than the roll down. Mm. And the only thing I think, they should have, like, smaller gaps between the race, like... The biggest race is four thousand. The smallest one thousand. I think that's not that's not really good option. You should have like maybe four, three, two thousand, mm. because still, I mean, at the Port Macquarie last year, and you're racing for nine hours, and it was a tough one. It's a tough mm. course, and then you get just one thousand points. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you you're still working for nine hours, so you should get at least two thousand points, mm. and. Um, the other thing is the seventy point threes. If you're doing big ones, you get one and a half thousand. So they, you get more points in a half Ironman than a full Ironman to get qualified for full Ironman. So I think you should get at least two thousand points for an Ironman and then a little bit less point for the half. Da- David was saying, you know, when he's choose this year, he's choosing his races. He's done a lot of really tough bike course races, you know, because he wants to improve his, his strength on the bike. For you, you know planning your season this year how did you sort of work out which races you wanted to do um i choose like the ironman races i love to do mm-hmm. um i did frankfurt before mm-hmm. and i had to defend my title so frankfurt mm-hmm. was set and of course i was in australia so melbourne was on mm. and i spoke to brad and he said oh, i'm not sure if you're ready in march mm. and i said i will be ready <laughs> and um, he said okay i give you a chance um i'll let you race so mm. 
uh, actually it's Melbourne and Frankfurt as the big races this year and all the other was just like like a building up and training race mm. if you can win although oh no, New York you wouldn't have got but you've almost you've got like three of the big races really haven't you like if you wouldn't go in this weekend yeah yeah people actually say that I should go to New York and get like the Grand Slam the Grand yeah. Slam yeah but it's too close isn't it yeah and Mary Beth my teammate she was racing and that's her race I'm not racing in the US uh, yeah. I'm more racing in Europe and and Australia so that's with your training you know you're part of a, a team with team TBB and we're, we're looking forward to these new outfits Dave has just shown us fashion. the, the new fashionable items um, <laughs> when you, you when you're doing your training at the moment are you training mostly by yourself with the guys or with the girls or with, with David a lot or, or who she do you gave, she gave David a loving look so yeah. I'm thinking David's doing a few hours <laughs> <laughs> um Dave and I, we never trained together. Oh, there you go. That's why, that's why she has the loving look. <laughs> uh, except this morning we had a swim together, but that's very unique. That's um, maybe the second time this year. No, we try to keep it a little bit separate. Like, uh, you can't spend 24-7 together. Yeah. And, I mean, he's just way faster than I am. And uh, if he has a bad day, he's just way slower than I am. So <laughs> we, um, I don't want to see him grumpy and get chicked. Though, so um, we keep it separate and... Of course, I train a lot with Mary Beth and yeah. all my other teammates, like the girls train together and the guys. Nice. What um what changed? You know, last year's result was, although you know, it wasn't what you were aiming for, and it wasn't, you know, you had an injury mentally. It's pretty tough at the end there, but you still had a pretty good corner. How did that change you as a pro? Did it open doors? Did it open more opportunity? Mm, I reckon sometimes it's good to get a step backwards. Uh, do you get another boost? Uh, and I definitely got this boost. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Brad told me after race, you have to prove yourself. Um, you have to prove uh, to me you still uh, you still a warrior. You still a good good athlete. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that next year. So uh, I started to train really hard after Christmas. And uh, yeah, like I say, something like I reckon you have to go a little bit step back and um, to See. get another hit out. Yeah. And what about back back home? I mean, I know you've got a home in Australia, and and you're being Australian resident, moving all over the place. But do you still get back to to Switzerland much, and or are you more or less on the road? Yeah. Uh, we just spent four months in Switzerland. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, because my coach and team it's based in in Switzerland over the summer, and uh, it's good for me, so I can do all the races in Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, I always have a, a rent a unit because I don't have a unit anymore in Switzerland. Mm. <laughs> so we had a we had a unit in in mountains and trained mm. there for four months and saw my family and friends and. Okay, so we've been asking all the boys this week what they think of the girls' race. What, what do you think of the guys' race? You know, it's, it's an interesting year this year. You know, we've got Croy coming back, Mecca's had his ITU. We've got obviously the Ray Lert boys. It's, it's a pretty strong field. You have got your man in the race. You know, yeah. like what what do you do? You girls actually keep an eye on what the boys are doing. Oh yeah, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, uh, um, there's so many, so many out there, and I do a lot of races like in in Australia, so I know what's going on there, and did a couple of races in Europe, so so all the guys in Europe. Uh, so be so what are you picking? Um, outside David winning. Uh, yeah. Of course, outside of David, he's the dark horse. Don't mention his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this uh, Spanish guy, I forgot his name. Nicolás. Um, he won Ironman South Africa. Oh, you put us on the spot. But you Sorry think he's going to win. Wait, you're going to pick him. We'll, we'll, David, that's your job. Who, who, who won Ironman South Africa? Uh, wasn't it Alonso Clombones? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I pick him. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. That's a dark horse, yeah. that is. I know. <laughs> why, why are you picking him? Um, I know he's a really good runner, yeah. and no one picks him, and I reckon he's he's really strong. Really? Yeah, so... Um, if you, if you, sh- you should put some money on that, because that's I like know. a dark horse. $10, you'd be about to buy a house. I know. No one's picking that one. Wow, that's gold. What else? What, who else do you think will do well? Um, of course, Crowey. Yeah. I mean, he's a legend, and he, he just loved this race, and it suited him perfect, and I reckon he's in really good shape. Mm. Um, I can say Maca as well, because the most people, they probably think you... I mean, he had a really good race in Spain this year mm. at the ITU long course. And um, I think a lot of really big names will drop a little bit back, and a uh, couple dark horses will be in the Well, you've definitely picked the dark horse. Yeah. Yeah. No. Maybe we shouldn't release this show until, like, just before the race. Well, we can edit it, so if she gets it wrong, <laughs> we'll just put whoever won in. Just take everyone's name, and you'll look like a legend. <laughs> awesome. No, we, we're, we're really looking, we're obviously looking forward to both the guys and the girls' race, but I'm especially looking forward to the girls' race this year. I think it's going to be awesome. Be a good battle. Everybody's got their different strengths and weaknesses, and um, we look forward to the to the warrior being out there and kicking some butt. Zena, that's a, and, hey, I love the Zena. Because that's, that's New Zealand, we can claim Zena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing we can claim. There we go. Awesome. We know you're busy, so thanks so much. Yeah, thanks time. so much for your time. And you've always got a great smile. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. John's just having... We've got a sports nutritionist across the table from us right now. <laughs> and and right based on what you're eating here right now, what do you got here, John? I've got a little bit of pineapple, a little bit of uh, probably some sort of melon. Like okay, you got some good stuff first. I'm liking my streaky bacon, and then I've just got that tiny small amount of carbs over there, a little bit of fat. French toast. Mm. Looks good. What do you think about it, the sports nutritionist? I'd say it's probably a combination of the paleo diet mm-hmm. with a high-carb diet mixed which, in. Which is a contradiction, really, which, isn't it? Which is a contradiction, definitely, but, you know, it's unique. <laughs> so I've got Double J here. We've got Jason and Jennifer. Yes. Jason and Jennifer. From where? From uh, America. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, but not from you, from Wyoming, Wyoming? I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. So, Jennifer, you're racing this weekend? I am, yep, racing on How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling, body's feeling ready and and, um, fresh and acclimated, so I'm ready to go. This is your first time racing? This is my first time racing Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And we're here with the endurance sport travel guys, and these guys uh, travelled over with, with uh, Ken and the crew. And I don't know, it must be a pretty good experience first time around when you don't have to stress too much about a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they take care of absolutely everything. You know, I'm not racing. They take care of me. They take care of Jennifer. I brought my bike. They had both of our bikes built up. You know, oh, really? Hours. So, really great service. Uh, we highly recommend them for sure. So, you- Equathon update. I, I thought Jason did the Equathon, oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, where'd you come in? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait okay. a second. Jason may have been incurred a time penalty. Did you pull your zip down in the run on the way? I did see a, a zip, <laughs> was two, a zip two. half open at the back. There was two people. What, did, did you do that, Jason? I, I did that because the guy in front of me did it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> if he jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? <laughs> That's a good chance. <laughs> How'd you find the race? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was a blast. I'm still sweating though. Yeah, it's, it's been about hot. an hour. And I'm still sweating. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so um, you both race. How do you guys fit that around? You know, life and stuff. Obviously, pretty busy with work and stuff. You, you know, like how do you kind of make that work as a couple? Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough balance. Uh, sometimes it gets uh, quite stressful, but you know we make it work because we both you know love the sport. Um, so we understand you know when somebody has to go out for a you know the whole, a seven hour day. Yeah. You know, and somebody else has got to take care of the house and the dog and, and but. Uh, things get done and it all it's all worth it come race day you know when you see your your significant other reach their goal or you know it's just you can 
you can share that moment with them because you, you understand it. Yeah. Hey, Jennifer, where, where did you qualify? In Canada. Okay. Yeah. So just recently? Just recently. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was that turnaround a bit of a bit of a scary thing or did you just think, I'm fit, just go along with it? You know, I, I did a pretty solid block of training in the summer knowing that I was going to race Canada um, and then Vegas yep. and then um, Kona. So we kind of just put the hard work in in the summer and then banked that fitness for doing a little race recover taper type of thing. So. And, and what's, what's, the, um, what's the aim for this weekend? You know, I would, I'd love to podium, okay, uh, so all stars align kind of day. Yeah. Uh, Time-wise, we've kind of talked about it, you know, 10-15 would be a pretty good goal for me, uh, but I know this course can kind of chew you up and spit you out, so I'm ready, I'm ready for the adventure and just kind of take it in stride, so. Now, did you win Canada? No. No. There was, there was an age group that was some. Uh, there was an age group. Was it, was it won, Brendan talking about her? Yeah, there was an age group that won Canada. And Brendan coaches it. Yeah, I just. Like, Who won Canada? Um, well, Kendra Lee. That was Ken- is Kendra an Lee. Age, age yeah. grouper, and she she. Wait a second. Had, she might yeah, Kendra Ken- Lee. Yep. Um, is an age grouper from Colorado, and she had the fastest overall time. Yeah. Um, but Jillian Clayton. One, yeah, it was the first pro. So um, there was a little bit of controversy there because you know the pro race and the age group races are two totally different races. Yeah. So to, to try to compare the two um, is a little bit hard. But I would say Jillian still kind of owns the title of winning Ironman Canada. You know, for yourself, you know, for your racing, you know, if, let's say you have a good day this weekend, you get ten fifteen. I don't know what your p- p- previous PB is, but. If, as a female, you're in that kind of line where you could probably turn up to races and make some money as a pro. You know, is that where you're trying to head, or do you just, or oh, she nods and gives me the, the, the eyes? I got the eyes. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, the plan is to race elite next year for Canada. Okay. Um, I was born up in um, the great country of Canada, so that is the plan for next year. Um, I've met the, the qualifications and criteria to be able to do so. Um, which is why I'll be doing a training racing block up in in British Columbia. Uh, in the Whoa! Summer. Wait a second. Look at that. Oh, we need to get a photo. Oh, look. Should I should the I take Geico. it? Yeah, Geico. Geico. It is the Geico. <laughs> Sorry, it's just awesome. Yeah. We'll get a photo of that. Someone get a photo of that. Are you sponsored by Geico? <laughs> we are now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's too funny. So, it, it's, it's your first time in Kona. What, what um, you, know, you will have heard all about it, but what 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 has met your expectations or any surprises that have uh, struck you since you've been here? Nothing that's really surprised me. Um, I race really, really well in the heat, so Great. you know, becoming acclimated wasn't an issue at all. Um, it's very windy in in Texas. It's very hilly in Texas. It's very hot. So I think a lot of that adaptation took place over the summer during training. Um, what's really surprised me is the amount of, of compression and um, <laughs> white compression. White compression. White compression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of racing going out on the Queen K and and along Elite. Drive, yeah. um, but I kind of figured that would happen here at the big dance. So, <laughs> hey, uh, Jace, yeah. have you raced yet? I have not. No. And so, is the goal to get you here yourself at some stage? <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, I need to do a bit of work on the on the bike and run, but it's coming around. Uh, I had some GI distress last year in Cozumel. Um, What's it like? Like, obviously, I don't know what it's like, but you know, like it must be frustrating when you get to that point. Where it's just something that's so out of your control. It is. It, it, it was frustrating, especially because Jennifer and I both raced that race, and she saw me at about maybe mile 13. She's like, why are you walking? I was like, I can't run. Yeah. yeah. At literally every kilometer, I was in, in the in the porta potty doing my business. So, you know, my legs were fine, and I think I could have gone, you know, well under 10 and gotten the slot, but yeah. that's racing, you know, yeah. you get it. And then 
how do you try to find the solution to that? You get a wife as a nutritionist. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I need to find a good dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> Still looking. No. Uh, we, we figured out what it was. It was just a bit too much fiber on the bike. Okay. Um, so we sort of, you know, I've also eliminated gluten for the most part. I've got gluten in front of me. Right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's a... It's a balance, you know, that's totally the fourth discipline, nutrition. If you don't hit it, it can ruin your day and mm. 20 weeks of training is for nothing. Yeah, exactly. French toast for breakfast is not the way to go. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks very much for your time. Good luck this yeah, weekend. And, uh, you. yeah, we'll see you. You can yeah. come support with, yeah. with us. Yes. Bring it on. Jones is back for this breakfast, so go, go. I've got to finish mine now. Come Come tea. Anyway, see you guys later. Okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, Nothing I've done this week's PC, so I've well started straight away. I've seen who cares about triathlon. A big event happened today, and, and Lance Armstrong. It, obviously, it's, it's, well, it seems pretty clear now, um, based on opinion. Who have we got here, Dina? Who's, who's that? Oh, who cares? We were talking about Lance Armstrong. No, I've got Mac next to me right now, and, and we were curious. I suppose the question I have for you is first of all, what's your thoughts? And based on what's coming out, you still wish he was racing. So you're straight out of the blocks with me, are you? Yeah, mate. There's no mucking around, mate. Yeah, am I the only guy that goes, well, this is what I think. Exactly, that's why I went for it. Um, Well, you know, going in, everyone had their, you know, everyone had their opinions and, uh, you know, I'd followed the case a lot because I was interested after after he was kicked out of France and you started opening the case. I started following it a lot on Twitter and reading a lot of the articles and on training camp here with Paul Amy, who's who's very clearly thinks that uh, yeah, well, everything we've seen now is it's pretty clear. But I uh, I read the Tyler I read Tyler's book the day it came out. Yeah, so I formed an opinion on it, and it's the evidence is damning. And uh, you know, it's do we want him here? After reading what I've read, it's uh, you know no, probably not. But it's you know what 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 hurt me the most, and from what I've read and. In the USADA document, and I haven't been gone through the whole lot. Is that come on, read three thousand pages? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just uh, you know, it, it's not okay. It's not that I'm anti the doping, but it, yeah. uh, it, everyone was doping, obviously. Yeah. And Tyler's book really points on it a lot, and uh, you know, and they were all cheating, and it was all unethical. And I think Tyler Hamilton says it well. He said it's like a, you know, uh, we're, we're all robbing the bank, and then someone turns up your house and you get busted for robbing the, a bank that you didn't actually rob that was his case but he found out later that it was the way that Lance was going about yeah. dobbing on other guys like you know controlling the game too much and you know I think if, if you're all going to cheat may the best person win and uh, it seems that wasn't so much the case so the, even though the doping annoys you you feel like it was in an era when everyone was doping but what, what really you know tweaked me the most was was the other stuff the unethical well, that's unethical but all the Okay, if this guy, if you feel this guy's better than you, you're going, Nothing. you're going dob on him. Yeah. Like that's, that's, you know, and you get contact UCI, UCI goes and pings them, and you take them out of the game. Like that's uncool. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what I, you know, I was expecting this. You know, he's expecting the drug talk, uh, but that was not cool. And uh, I guess that's uh, non politically correct answer, but that's my opinion. Uh, just just going off the documents I've read. But and, and, oh, let's go on the try. No, no, no. Just quickly, quickly. Are you gutted that you're not racing him? I, I still, you know, and people are probably going to cream me. I'd still like to race him because, uh, you know, I'm a competitor, and you know, all the stuff aside, he's a he's an amazing athlete, and uh, I just like the chance to. I, I saw this as the chance to. He's a celebrity. He's a superstar. He's an endurance icon. Come into my sport, and it was a chance to give my sport credibility, true global credibility. Against because you need a celebrity like that to come here, and a celebrity of his caliber in a sport that's very close. And I thought we would kick his ass. Like I honestly thought that people would laugh, and people would go, "Are oh, you kidding yourself?" I honestly thought we'd 
we beat him. And uh, and I, vi- I I saw the vision of the the day after all those bike rides that I was going to do at home. But all those bloody bike riders that continually tell me that <laughs> we're no good. Yeah. Uh, well, I raced your best and kicked his ass. So I, that's that's what what I miss. It's just a true competitor in me. And I spoke to Crowley, he, he feels the same. But uh, no, I, I'm glad I never got the chance to race him. Yeah. I, uh, and maybe the opportunity will arise someday, but I highly doubt it. But it's uh, and maybe I don't need to justify myself with Lance Armstrong anymore. I, the, the justification is in in uh, the documents that have been released. But I uh, but I, I just saw that at the time as a great opportunity. It was it was definitely the thing that got me back on the start line here for Canada. Okay, John, we can talk about triathlon. Got it. Okay. Got it. So um, we've come along to an announcement the Mac has made today in, in partnership with the Challenge family. Before we came along, we were wondering what the hell we were coming Retirement. to. Retirement. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I don't think that. A lot of people were thinking of retirement. I was like, well, he's old enough. <laughs> no, but then you came out with an announcement earlier in the week about um, your, your sort of training plan to 12 sish, 12 kilos. So that was our, oh, yeah, that was our plan B. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking, oh, maybe we're going on with that. And then I thought, they'd let the cat out of the bag. So what's going on here? Well, firstly, I've got to ask, because I met Macca first in 1998, and uh, second day turned up with 100 100s in the pool, and uh, the next day we did 16 400s, half of them were bands only or something on the 60. Is that part of the uh, the 12 session plan? <laughs> no, that's the next round. <laughs> round two. No, that was, uh, you know, there's a lot of the sessions that you take from and you learn, and, and we were young, and, you know, sport was a different sport back then, and you were looking for, you know, I was not much of a swimmer, and we were trying to get faster in swimming and technique and all these things were things we just didn't even, I didn't think of. I thought, swim more, Hard. swim harder, and I'll get better. And ultimately, I became a front-back swimmer with ridiculous miles. But I, uh, you know, we made tweaks to a lot of sessions over the years, and you, you start working out with people, and you put these sessions that you think have worked for you, and, you know, this MX-12 came about, really, because through my Facebook, through my social media, people were like, mate, what are you, I was constantly asked, give me a bike session you do, give me a run session you do, give me a, what is the must-do sessions, and I said to Scott, why don't we just film a few, and uh, put them together, and then we've got a friend who does P90X in the USA, and he put this cheesy site together, which I wasn't too happy about, I just wanted to cut this product and, and get it out to the, to the database we built, and then bloody exploded I had no I, I had no idea the demand was as big as it was and I actually enjoyed just filming the sessions because was, I was doing them anyway and so they followed Eric Wynn and Scott followed me around for six months and so I was just doing the sessions talking people through it as I did them and uh, bloody hell people liked it it just went kaboom took off so, so for those who haven't heard there's 12 sessions um, where do they go? Give, give, oh, give a well, yeah, there's four swim sessions, four bike sessions, four run sessions. And there were three sessions we filmed with other athletes, Terenzo, um, Jerry Rodriguez, who does a lot of open water stuff in L.A., and, um, and Mick, a guy I work with who does yep. a lot of my yoga stuff. He, um, we threw them in as well because we filmed it. We didn't like how they turned out. I was like, ah, but we, there's a lot of information there, so we just threw them. And they're just 12 sessions on... You know, four swim sessions you can do, four bike sessions. I don't tell you when to do them. I, I recommend when you do them, but work with your coaches. I'm not trying to coach. So just, this is what I've done. This is where I got them from. This is who I know who's done these sessions. This is how they came about. These are the common mistakes you can make when you do it. This is when I put it into a training program. This is when I'm, I'm, I'm here in, so Davos, Switzerland right now. I'm four, you know, five days out before a major race. I'm doing this session, you know, and people get to see um, what I'm doing. And they're real sessions that I do. And, and uh, we're feeding it to the Facebook community, like I said, and to Twitter, and people are like, oh, this is wicked. We, we did a, a beta test on it, and 
it just got gobbled up and then when we launched it, the thing collapsed. And I was like, wow. I was like, I never realised there's so much. There's, there's a lot of information out there, but not a lot of good information. There's little bits, and now with this social media race, there's a lot of fiddly bits. Like, do this, but there's no depth to anything. And, and these really give a bit of depth and uh, people people grab them. So, so you're at an interesting time in your career, kind of, you know, later part of the career. Yeah, you're not retiring today, which is yeah. good to hear. But, uh, ten you know, years left. Yeah, ten years left. I like that one. Uh, but you've got, you know, you've made a commitment to challenge now. Is this a commitment as in, a, hey, you're going to be the PR face, or, or are you stepping in? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a partnership more than a, it's a, um, you know, there's definitely a racing component because yeah. I still want to race. And it's not a, a lot of people are saying, is it W2C or Challenge? There's no restriction on what races I, I want to do at all. I can do. They're not saying you can never race in the Ironman race again. You can. It's more a, well, hey guys, I love your races. I love the events you do. I've done most of your races in my career. I want to come on board. I want to. I want to do more of them. How can I work with you guys? And they were very receptive to it. And they're like, you know what? Of all the guys that have done our races, you're one of the main guys who continues to support them. So uh, we've we've been talking for a while, and it came about that. Yeah, they asked me when when I wanted to retire, and a lot of my partnerships with sponsors are four or five more years. And I said, well, I said, well, let's carry that on. Why don't you come and do our events as you want? We can sit down together each year, and we'll plan a strategy together of the races you want to do and how we can work out a marketing plan around that. And you can give us the feedback on what we're doing wrong. Talk to the athletes. You're, so this is great and then uh, it sort of evolved into a 10 year commitment where they're like well we can really move you into our model because we see a lot of value in not just you athletically but in what you bring as a personality and what in, in your depth of character I guess and then I guess what you know in, in the sport and uh, we'll find a role in here to, to work with you over the five years post your racing career and I was like mate it's a no brainer I would love to be a part of that and that's how it came about but I can still race Ironman Hawaii next year I'm just going to go like everyone else so, so it's not the end of you will still be racing World Championships yes yeah, so I can still do whatever I want that's what was important to me and that was what I, I respected about them the most was they said mate we're not, it's not one or the other we'll happily support you in Kona we'll actually come to Kona and watch you we'll happily support you do a 70.3 race in Europe or do a 5150 or you want to do anything we really we want to be a partner of yours and, and really grow together mm. so we've got to talk a little bit about we know you've got other commitments coming up here but in terms of this year's race, um, you know, uh, I, guess, you for a while. I guess you haven't done a, a, a full out Ironman for what, two years now. I mean, I know you did Cairns and you've done World Long Distance Champs, but um, how's things been going in the last three months? Well, uh, it's uh, I haven't done an Ironman since Hawaii. Oh, no, I did Cairns um, yeah. the year after, yeah. but um, I had a win there. And, you know, I think as you get older, you're looking, you, you need sometimes it's good to step away and I uh, and I went back to racing some pretty fast kids you know they really schooled me a lot and I, I was able to step away and, and and still come here in a different capacity last year watch the race and you, you never lose endurance as you age you lose speed so I uh, you know I came back a different being a different shape I'm a lot leaner I feel like my run's a lot more powerful and and you know in a perfect world had you asked me in January or February would I be racing Kona in 2012 I would have said absolutely not because I thought I was going to the Olympics and in a perfect world that's usually your base phase, and uh, I didn't do that this year, so I'm really piggybacking off uh, a, a lot of, you know, banked miles over the years, but I did a lot of speed, and I keep thinking, what other athlete did speed at that time of the season? And uh, when I came back to doing the long work, it was, I absorbed it very, very well. I was very, very fresh mentally. I was looking forward to waking up every day. There was none of that oh man, I've got to go to seven hours on the bike. I was, come on, you know, hitting the truth. Let's go, boys, let's get this done. It was enjoyable again. And I uh, 
I found the training very, very easy. And to some, to some point, I, that makes me a little bit nervous because it, it just went without a glitch. You know, I, I got to race weight perfectly. I hit all my training sets perfectly. I know, and it just felt so easy doing it. And I'm like, oh, my, my whole team's like, exactly. This is because you're so fresh mentally. The body's thanking you, and you know, but you still have you're a little bit apprehensive. Like, oh, maybe I. Maybe I should be more tired at this point in my block, or maybe I should have, but I wasn't. And uh, I can only trust the numbers, and uh, we're going to find out on Saturday. People are going to go, well, what an idiot, or wow, wasn't that a change? You know, when you went back to ITU, you know, it's a different game, isn't it? And, and as you're saying, you, you know, you kind of respect these young guys, but there's also a different intensity in training. And how did your body, you being the aged athlete, handle that intensity? Because I imagine, you know, your endurance athlete, sure, your speed goes, but endurance stays. But with speed comes risk. Yeah. And so how did your body handle that? Well, I got my first injury. I tore a hamstring in, in camp last year before the London race. It was my first true muscular injury for a decade. And I uh, I found I had to be very tentative because you start to get ahead of yourself because it the improvements come so quickly and you get, oh, this is fantastic. Like suddenly you're struggling to break 255 for a K. Then it's 250. And then you're in the, the low 240. So you're like, oh, mate, I'm a player. <laughs> Bang, the body. Because you still think you're 25, and uh, you know a lot of people had to pull you back, pull me back, and uh, and that injury in particular made me say, okay, let's be careful with how we do this. Let's, let's use different tools. I was using a treadmill a lot more, and 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 when you get in these races, there's a realization too that you have to quickly accept that you're not going to be at the pointy end of it, mate. Like uh, the Brownlee boys and Javier and the, the French guys and a lot of the mate, they're freaks. They're a class above what we were ever racing in the 90s, and. Uh, you know, you have to make, you, you sort of accept as an athlete, which was difficult to some degree, but I, I've got to just focus on me and be the fastest I could possibly be. Brownlee's going to run 29. 20, you're not going to do that. <laughs> if we can get in the 30s, you're kicking ass, and it becomes a, more of a personal focus, and uh, you start implementing your team to do that, and I, that's what I think I enjoyed the most, because there was no, and it's hard to say, I wish I was more articulate, there's no, like when I came here to Ironman, there's a, a training focus, but there's also a mental side going, you're going to win this race, you're going to win this race, you're going to win this race. You know? Ali really is. Uh, yeah, you're going to But in that ITU stuff, it was like, you got to keep up, you've got to keep up, you've got to keep and, and it becomes more personal. So in the race, you know, guys are running past you, but you're like, just come on, just stay on your rhythm. And, and it was just a different focus that I thoroughly enjoyed. And, and I think a lot of the, the ITU guys really took me on board because I didn't come in going, oh, I'm Chris McCormick, I'm better than you guys. I really came in with a lot of respect and... Uh, and respected them as athletes and uh, consistently told them, mate, you guys are rock solid. And a lot of them want to know the history, but they just don't know it because no one's telling it. So I'd be sitting with guys and they're like, what was it like in 2003? And I'm like, 2003? It was only a couple of years ago. But these kids are 20, you know, like they were 10 years old. Yeah. And uh, they want to know our history, but nobody's telling it. We are. We yeah, are. yeah, we exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it needs to be told. And there's a lot of young guys out there that want to be told and then uh, you know I really became that guy in the in the crowd and it was funny because my federation used to say to me you like the Pied Piper because I'd sit at dinner at these ITU stuff telling old stories and they'd be like oh, what was Simon Lessing like and I'm like really you never oh I've heard of him my father used to talk about him I'd be like oh man I used to race the guy man. I used to race the speedos and, and uh, they, they want to hear it and I, I really enjoyed that a lot what about competitors this weekend you know you you're, you're kind of the unknown for everyone this year, aren't you? You know, because like, did it was it true advantage to go back to ITU, ITU, or has it kind of worked against you? You know, you you're a studier of the field. You know the field like the back of your hand, and you definitely always go into it. You're a smart racer. What are you seeing with the race this year? Without revealing all the tricks. Oh no, it's tricks. I think uh, you got to look at the 
proven performance here. Crowey's always fantastic in October. He, his race last year was ridiculous, and uh, he's rectified every weakness he has on this island. So he's a he's a solid player. Um, you know, obviously the Raylet boys. I think that the big advantage for Andy this year is his brothers here. And where Andy's made mistakes in years past is that he, he does a lot of the early work, which taxes him at the back end. It doesn't tend to tax him in uh, in, in Europe because it's not so hot. But here he, he doesn't have that punch that he has in Europe because he just does too much bloody work early. Now you've got your brother in the mix, he'll do all that work for you. So that could take Andy off the front. And really, really you could see a new Andy Raylert in this course because he might unleash with the run that he does in most of his Ironmans around the world. And, and uh, he could be very, very dangerous because, you know, Michael's doing all the heavy lifting. I think Marino is at that point where everyone talks about that magic seven. Takes seven times to win it. This is his seventh, and uh, it might be his eighth. But I think seven takes seven times because it come, after a while you realise all the myth, all the crap is it's a myth. You know, I've suffered out there, I've heard out there, I've seen the win, I've seen, I've just got to win the bloody thing. You know, like, and uh, I think he's there. He's, he seems very, very, very focused. And I think strategically, when you're looking at it, you've got to look at the front guys as. Who's going to take up the horsepower, horse racing with with uh, with um, Liado out? And uh, when you've got Keenlay, Ronnie, um, um, Jordan Rabb, Tom Lowe, Bart Unitz, in four minutes back from the swim, you've got a horsepower bike pack back there. If we're all looking at each other up front, they're going to come through late and they could blow this field apart. So uh, I can't wait. It's a fascinating race. But um, for me, it's uh, I'm the new crow mate. Sit and kick, man. Sit and kick. And that's won this race more, more times than any other approach. Hey, well, thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, no, thanks, man. We're looking forward to an awesome race. Yeah, mate, it's going to be a great race. Thanks, Bloody mate. Aussies, you're going to kill everybody. No. Break your heart. You're kind of Kiwis, yeah, Mary. So we're, we're taking a Kiwi passport. passport. There we go. Somehow you guys will claim it. <laughs> thanks, mate. John, if, you, if you're ever anywhere and you want to win people over, what do you do? <laughs> you give them quality food and stop nuts. <laughs> John has had some pretty big announcements today, but to be honest, the food has just been sensational. As, as Felix put some food in his mouth. So I'll give him a couple of seconds. So, Felix, big news for you guys. Um, tell us a little bit about what you announced today. Well, we have announced a 10-year partnership with uh, Maka, not only racing uh, our series, but much uh, more in-depth in uh, than this. So he's going to run our uh, social media, especially Facebook. Uh, he's going, or we are going to run a lot of our decisions through him. Um, and we'll have him on our athlete uh, advisory board. And yeah, it's just a, just a great time. Uh, and uh, Maka has such a long and, and uh, great history with us as well that we are very, very happy to have him on board uh, for the future. One of the things that Maka has, has talked to us a lot about in the past is, is trying to set up some really big races. And he talked about this in the press conference, you know, having more sort of head-to-head -head things going on. How is that going to be made possible? Yeah, money for the ultimately is, is what, what draws the people in. So is that something that you're hoping to do? Have some really big ticket races where there's really solid cash on the line? Definitely so. Definitely so. Especially uh, in the future when we're talking about a world championship, we need a lot of cash for the pro athletes. Um, but having said that, uh, we already have amazing races in, in the uh, series. With Maka, for example, I, I remember two. One with uh, Lothar Leder when he finished uh, only three seconds uh, behind him. For the next year when he uh, overtook uh, Ferris on K40, which was absolutely thrilling. So those are the kind of races that are absolutely amazing and that are remembered forever.
So if you guys do a world championship, you know, like ultimately uh, that's going to happen. You know, you guys are eventually going to have the challenge championship. What's going to be the draw card that is going to draw? You know, is it purely just money, or, or you know, as you guys look forward to create that happening, where do you see you being able to draw the crowd of top athletes? First of all, before we uh, concentrate on pro athletes, we are concentrating on our age group athletes because this is um, our uh, customers. These are the customers. These are the athletes who want to race with us. So we want to create every race that we have in the series so good that athletes go to that race because of the race, not only as a qualifier to something uh, different. So that's how we structured everything. Uh, it's by quality, it's by uh, price ratio, and a lot of different uh, uh, special uh, differences that, uh, that we have in the races. Talking about uh, World Championship, there are a lot of different options that we are at the moment running through, and um, uh, I don't want to let out too much about it. And, Give us a scoop. Uh, <laughs> you ask me this question every time we talk, man. Um, I'm getting yeah. closer. <laughs> yeah, well, for us, what was really, really important to have a race in North America with Challenge Penticton, which we are absolutely thrilled about it, that has happened now. Now we're looking to Asia as well, re-entry into Australia as well. So there are some steps before our World Championships uh, that we have now. Yeah. Canada, you know, obviously a bit of a coup. Is it, how great is it for you guys to have to step into a race that's already so established? Well, Penticton was amazing for us. Penticton and Roth has so many similarities. The community in Canada and Penticton is amazing. And the race is amazing, so uh, we are very, very much looking forward. We have a great uh, team uh, who is organizing the race. Uh, the whole team came already over to, to see a challenge race at Challenge Barcelona just two weeks ago. And uh, there are a lot of uh, things that we are at the moment changing uh, together with the local community, with the shops there, uh, with uh, non-for-profit organizations who are going to run a lot of the sports and side events that we're going to offer next year. So Pendicton will be amazing as it used to be. And uh, for us, it uh, was the best entry into the North American market that we would have ever wished for. Mm. Well, thank you for your time. Well done on your announcement. And it sounds as though you've got a pretty big 12 months in front of you. Definitely, yeah. We will have uh, some more announcements before New Year uh, with the new races coming up. And uh, yeah, then we are going to concentrate on the relationship now with Maka. We are very much going to concentrate on the athlete journey. So the journey of the athletes once they have entered one of our races until after when we ask for their feedback. What was good, what was bad, what do we have to do better uh, to improve our services. So uh, that will be two of the key points that we are going to focus uh, next season. Thanks, Felix. We're forward to seeing you at the party on Saturday, Sunday night. Party's always good times, eh? Hey, Felix does have a party. Definitely so. Yeah, okay, mate. Awesome. Okay, John. Let's start with what. So, so John went on Facebook yesterday. Went on our Facebook page. I am talking. Go to www.iamtalk.me to, to see our Facebook page, and he just kind of asked, you know, what are your guys' predictions for the three top girls and guys, and uh, and we've got some interesting thoughts here. Thegan thinks it's going to be uh, Andy, Timo, and Crowey, and then Zena, Joyce, and Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Frank McVie's got Mecca, Jacobs, and Crow in their order. Rennie, Cave, and Joyce. Most people seem to be. I think there's a lot of consensus around the girls' race that it's those three. almost a, there's a four horse race. You know, you've got those three plus Rennie. It's um, interesting. A lot of people aren't mentioning Rennie, and and it seems to me a little bit foolish to leave her out. Yeah, but that's yeah. It's nice to be the. She uh, hasn't the had the best off. year, and, right. and you know, like as results wise in comparison to maybe what she's had over the last few years. 
But, you know, when she interviewed us, when we interviewed her, she said she spent the whole year working on her bike, and that's the area, if you're going to attack Rinny, that's where you're going to get her. Now, she can get off the bike not far behind those girls. She's going to smoke them in the run. And let's remember, she did finish second last year. Yeah. She didn't win. And she ran through them last year. Yeah. And so... um yeah, no, it's, it's it's really going to be an interesting race. They're going to need, you know, she she's consistently runs fast, you know, every time, and, and not just a little bit fast. She's always the last two years, what she's been around about that sort of two fifty in the mid mid two fifties is potential. So those girls, you know, they're going to need at least five minutes on or off the bike, if not ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if she's within that distance, boom. Yeah. Damien Brewer's got the Aussie boys one, two, three. And what was really interesting was last night, John was getting a lava java meal and I was heading down to the media room for something. I can't remember what I was doing, but um, I was uploading the show. That's what I was doing. And uh, they had the Parade of Nations. Did yeah. you do the Parade of Nations when you raced? Yes. That is kind of cool. You know, yeah, it's something yeah, cool to do. Yeah, there's definitely. But what was really fascinating about it was which countries have a big presence. And, you know, there's a lot of countries where you get one or two people carrying the flag. and But Australia and the Germans definitely seem to have the most oh, yeah. age group athletes or at least if we're using the AM the Parade of Nations as the mm. representation of the field geez there's so many Aussies out there mm. 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 you know nice. so go the Aussies but Damien thinks well Aussies going to take it at one, two, three. Kirk Raditz um, thinks Michael Raylert's going to come second and then he's got uh, Macca and Jacobs Pete Jacobs is yeah it's, I'm really fascinated to see how he goes because he's not a dark horse this year uh, every other year he has been I mean I know two years ago I think he had the fastest run split, or it was exactly the same. No, it was fast last year. Yeah. He definitely had the fastest yeah. run split. Um, but yeah, no, I wonder if he'll be fe- he'll feel the pressure. You know, do you think not. do you think that it's a little bit like the the brownie? You know, where brownie was always close, but you never thought he was going to win it. You know what I mean? Like it Potent- was well, yeah, potentially. And and Jacobs, you know, who knows what's happened on his bike this year? The boys can mm. swim and run like a legend. Mm. Biking over the last few years, although in saying that, I mean he got a penalty got last a, year, and he had a punch of the year before, didn't he? Yeah. So, so to say his biking's not as strong as his other two areas, if you had take away those two factors, who knows? Mm. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how um, Sebastian. Oh, I'm going to stuff his Kiln- name out. Kilnlay. Kilnlay. Somebody's even sent us through how to pronounce it. I still stuffed up. <laughs> Um, but it was interesting to see how he goes. You know, at a 70.3, when it was him against, you know, maybe five or six guys, he just drilled them on the bike. Whereas here, it's going to be him against, you know, 20, 25 guys in that pack. It'll be really interesting to see how he handles that. Um, and if it's a tough day on the bike, who knows what he can do. Uh, lots of people, you know, um, picking. Pick Oli Jenner's got Ray Lurk, Crowley, and Brock. A few people pick. What about Marino? No one's talking about Marino. He's no. looking sharp. I saw him yesterday. He's looking lean and mean. Yeah, he always looks lean and mean. Um, last year, he, he DNF'd, didn't he? Yeah. But he certainly got the goods to. Yeah. Certainly got, third got the goods year before, to didn't he? Second or third, yeah, yeah. Was Ray Lurk, third. Ray Lurk yeah. second, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Christopher uh, Dorian's got Mecca, Crow and Raylert, Rennie, Cave and Joyce. Charmaine Johnson, loving you, Cam Brown and Gina Crawford. Nice. She's not Kiwi biased. <laughs> uh, we've got Kim Cohen. She's got Crowe, PJ and Mecca. There's the Aussie trifecta. Woman, we've got Stefan, Caffrey and Joyce. And somebody in there, let me just go scroll. I think Ooh, it was... Nicky, oh. Nick Jonesy. Josie, he's got Crowe, Rap oh. and Raylert. And then we've got Caffrey, Stefan, Marybeth, Ellis. No, yeah. Mm. Uh, Dave Fish who was out there today he are won we, are we talking Ironman or the Blue 70 wetsuit challenge <laughs> nice Dave Fish I'm uh, Blue 70 wetsuit aquathon champion that's all that matters are we giving our predictions at this stage uh, not yet ok we'll do ours to... maybe tomorrow yep ok we'll do our predictions tomorrow although I did sound today's show I thought Carolyn's the favourite to win the race yes for the girls 
Yes. Mm. Anyway, um, what else have we got to talk about? So, what else has been happening, John? Uh, so, the Aquathon, I think we talked about that um, post, post event. Yeah, I was weak. It was a crushing victory. Yeah, I, I mentally gave up. I can't deny yeah. it. Yeah. I, got, I got to the point where, you know, I think the thing about is it's easy to give up in that race. Yeah. Because you, your gap was not huge, but it was big enough for me to go, uh, and because you're so hot. Yeah. You know, you don't have to fight. I think if I got out maybe 30 metres in front of you, it may have, you know, like it just yeah. is that thing about if you can get in front, it just breaks the other person a if lot I, easier than maybe what it normally would. If I'd run up to you, you wouldn't have cracked. You would have. St- yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was all good fun. It was all good fun. And if you are going to be in Hakone next year, I'm not sure if we'll, how can we make it work if we're not here? Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, Maybe we get the boost of you guys to sort that out. But if we're not here next year, we'll try to keep it up because it seems to be a bit of a tradition that's starting to build. John, yes, we we can't really end the show today without talking about Lance. Yeah, so we turned up down at the beach this morning. So Albert takes the the coffee boat out at uh, six thirty in the morning, and if we want to put anything on there, we have to be down there um, then to chuck on any mics or any gear. And, and Albert said, "Oh, have you seen the news?" And I said, "No, no." And he started spilling the beans on Mr. Armstrong. If you're still a believer, goodness gracious, I'm me. asking for my refund back for my book. Yes, yeah, I want my refund. <laughs> you can afford it. Uh, I'm going to. I'm not going to comment on it today, other than um, it's just. It seems like a pretty damning report. I haven't read it yet, but you'll be able to find a bunch load of it on the internet. If you haven't found it yet, uh, there'll be a gazillion pages out there from USADA, and uh, it basically outlines their case. It really states that George Hincapie, um, Levi Leipheimer. Now George um, Hincapie was kind of a, a bit of a coup, wasn't it? Because well, he's his right hand man. Yeah, 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 to a large degree, and yeah. he was with him. The, uh, f- and, he, and he hadn't spoken idea. out. No. Yeah. So uh, it's. I'm looking forward to reading it. So I'm not going to comment it anymore until I've actually read it. And uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to read. <laughs> it's apparently it's like it's hundreds, thousand pages for the whole thing, and they've got a condensed version. Two hundred two hundred pages. Two hundred two pages. So don't read Hamilton's book yet. Read this first, and then Hamilton's book. So it was know. interesting. We had Andrew Messick on the show yesterday, and Andrew Messick, you know, I, we we asked him about well, what, what about Lance not being here? And I was interested a little bit on the what was the cost to Ironman, you know, because mm. let's say the drug stuff hadn't happened this year, and it happens a few years in the future. Lance being an Ironman would have been massive. Would have been massive. You yeah. know, to be honest, it was the only reason we came this year. We weren't going to we were going to kind of buy annual thing, and this year we thought no, we'll. Lance is going to be there. It's going to be pretty massive, and and I was curious to see what investment they'd already made because mm. when did he pull out? It was about July, wasn't it? June. It was July. just before he was, he was going to do Nice, and Nice is normally late June, so it would yeah. have been so June, July, early June. And um, you know, so by that stage they would have already made some kind of investment, you know, because mm. these guys got to plan this event so far out. So I was kind of curious around that, and he didn't really go down that angle. He kind of went more towards well, you know, we've got a. You know, just the loss of Lance to the race. But then he did say that whole, um, you know, if you look at that result in Kona, where he beat the record and that. And, and at the end of the day, I, I sit in a place where I think Lance is a cheat. Mm. And and I think it's becoming more and more clear by the day. And I think it's a good thing he's on in sport because mm. maybe, you know, what he did in that Kona 7.3 was amazing. But yeah. I kind of sit and think, well, he must have been cheating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't not think that. You know, especially after reading Hamilton's book and, you know, I haven't read the USANA stuff yet, but I think it's going to be pretty obvious and why would he stop now? Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, um, I, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, in some ways you go, it would have been great for our sport for exposure, but at the end of the day, if you do believe he's a cheat, it's much better for our sport and he's not here. I would have just loved 
to see what he could have done if he hadn't cheated. I know he would have never have done much in cycling because he was up against cheats there, but if he'd done triathlon, we know what he was like when he was 16, 17. It would have just been brilliant to see how good he could have been as a triathlete. Well, he was um, a talented athlete, wasn't he? Oh, incredibly yeah, talented. Yeah, And you've got to be. You know. and, and, you know, when you read Hamilton's book, there is that sense that that was the world they lived in. Mm. You know what I mean? And so... It's you know, it feels normal, you know? You just... Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm keen to catch up with a few of the pros this year who have had a life before triathlon. But for, for a lot of the pros that we talk to, they've come through a junior system and they've gone on, done a bit of an ITU career. Some of them have done great ITU careers, some have done a little bit, and then they've gone to long course. They've always been, this has been their gig, mm. and you just get in that little bubble, and it'll be the same for cyclists. You're in the little bubble. Everyone else is on drugs. You probably convince yourself it's not that, you're not doing that bad a thing. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very sad situation. But God, I mean... If they're ever going to win the war on drugs and cycling, this is a, hopefully a bit of a watershed moment, I hope. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, that's the thing that you got from... Because the thing is, when you read Hamilton's book, and you haven't read it yet, but I've kind of... It wasn't that long ago. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you know, 2004, you know, they're talking about those times. And, mm. like, you, you, if it was 20 years ago, you go, oh, no wonder where they've been to drug systems. They probably don't know. But it was just kind of like yesterday. And, mm. you know, they were beating them, and they, they kind of thought that the... the Testing was a bit of a joke, mm. you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's do your own research, make your own decisions, but it's definitely been an interesting year for triathlon, the fact that Lance was kind of moving into our world. Mm. John, what are your thoughts about the experience this week so far? Oh, it's great. You know, uh, uh, as soon as I got off the plane, I did get even Same. more excited, or even, even on the, the trip over. did you landing, eh? Yeah. Something about that. It was, um, you know, Bev and I have both got lots going on, like everybody in life, and with kids and family, and so I didn't really think about it too much until we actually got on the plane. And, and we're going, not racing, so yeah. yeah. But getting over here, it's just good to see people, it's good, it's just exciting racing, and I think, yeah, I've said this a couple of times, if there were really, really dominant, clear favourites in the field, I probably wouldn't be quite as excited, but because the, the elite race this year, the pro race... There's both sides both sides yes you've got your favourites you've got your crowies and stuff but there's certainly not a not a shoo-in and uh, so if I was going to Wimbledon when Roger Federer was just crushing everybody yeah it still would have been really cool but kind of go well, he's probably going to win when Nadal and Federer had that final that would have been yeah yeah, yeah. reading the, if you want to read a, uh, well you know what's interesting I'm reading Rafael Nadal's book at the moment and um, the guys that have been the, the, the mega champions of this world like your Tiger Woods um Nadal you probably put in that bracket every other book that I've read about these guys Agassi, Agassi mate my, my, kids, my kids have missed the boat yep. yeah, and he's Thomas, Thomas old, is five top four you give know. up now um, you look at all the top, top swimmers um, Ian Thorpe would have been started about then the triathlon is getting younger and younger well, we're talking about Thorpe yeah. and you're saying you know even 11 you just thought this kid's just a mm. freak so it's um, I saw this we were in, when we were I don't know we were overseas we were just kind of wasting some time on YouTube and they had Tiger Woods on That's Incredible Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Ken, right, yeah, which yeah. we always talk about. And uh, what was really interesting, he was only five, and they were showing, they were showing footage from when he was three, and he was just, mm. it was ridiculous. You know, yeah. like it was just crazy how yeah. good he was at that age. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens to sport as we, you know, do we mm. try to choose an athlete as a kid? Yeah, interesting. Um, any other, any other comments? Um, okay, stupid things we see. Come on, John. Stupid things we see. If you ever come to Kona team mm. and you've worked hard and you're qualified, race week is not the time to sprint down a Lee Drive. Uh, check your seat height. I got getting fired up in the car yeah, the other John, day. John, John has <laughs> an angry coach driver. So what happens is we're driving down the road and John's, because I, I never get to drive. There's a few comments I've got to make here actually. <laughs> I never get to drive 
And how come for the three years we've been here, I've always got the couch? I called shotgun as soon as we walked in the door. Well, I think there needs to be a better system. Because I walked past the bedroom first, I didn't realise there was a shotgun rule. Three years I'm on the couch. And this couch is poor this year because oh, it's this. got metal bars. So last night I had to kind of, I was like cradled up like a baby. Not happy. But anyway, as John's driving... He has this, he has this, he sees this athletes as he's driving and he, and he gets really angry. There was a girl this morning on the bike and her seat height was too high. She, yeah. she, could, she couldn't get the length in her leg. But John's was almost like yelling at her. Come on, you've made What are you doing? Fun. What are you serious? Oh, it's absolute gold. And then you see, as we even said, the sprinting along the road's always, always pretty entertaining. Um, you, you, speed you wonder, don't you? Because you kind of think that if people who have got to Kona, mm. You're pretty decent, unless you're a lottery guy. You're pretty decent. You know, you don't get to kind of being a mug. Mm. Surely you know by now that you're mm. not doing, you know, sub four minute K's down yeah. the Drive. You do, I just hope they're just doing some little stride stride outs um, and not actually going and doing long hard. Because it's not like it's just one person. Yeah, There's yeah. so many people doing it, isn't yeah. there? It's incredible. Um, what else, Bevan? Lovely well, breakfast this morning. I was quite happy with breakfast. At, uh, endurance sport travel yeah. put on. It's always nice. And uh, Ran out of puff That's about it Can not see the girls tonight Got everything sorted For uh, the next couple of days All our interviews are lined up Well tomorrow's also the media conference And last year what we did Is we recorded the whole media conference And we will do that again tomorrow So the pro media Which is pretty much top five Boy and girl Boys and girls Not men, not men and women It's no, boys no. and girls They're just boys and girls at the stage <laughs> When they win they become a man <laughs> um, and, well, and the girls become a woman yeah. uh, But we're going to record that whole thing. We'll just chuck it up as it is. We're all bother reading to it, which often means you miss the questions, but we'll see how that goes. Got any good questions, Bevan? Um, I normally wing them, John. Mm. So you play and I wing. Yeah. Do you think it's you're just too joke? serious? Yeah, it's I just, know. And I, we tried to liven it up, but last year we last really year. got shot down. Yeah, we did. Although this, we, we're friends with Welsh now. Yeah. He's tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll see, John. It shouldn't be that serious. That's why the feeling we get when we interview the pro athletes—they actually enjoy talking to us. Hopefully, they do. But we try not to ask the same questions in that media conference. Well, it's like Luke. We interviewed Luke, and he said afterwards, "Oh, it's good to get some different questions." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I don't know. But Let's that's you know, that's that whole. It's, it's I mean, you know, we've all Mecca. You know, Mecca and himself. You know, Mecca's. You know, like Mecca. You love him, hate him, but it's, it's interesting. I've met Mecca probably fifteen times in my life. You know, a few times. You know, and I've done some interviews with him, so I kind of know the guy and. And I saw him this morning, and and he definitely came up to me. And go, oh mate, you know he's interested in other people, and mm. you know, and and when you get to that level, everyone's interested in you, and so mm. sometimes you can get into like I know within my Les Mills world, I have a high profile, and so sometimes you go into situations, and it's kind of all about you, and mm. and and you, you know, I try to make sure that it's not about that, but Mecca has got that genuine quality of caring about other people, and but the other thing is that Mecca brings something to it, mm. and unfortunately in our sport. Most of our pros just stay socks and dancers, mm. and so I'm hoping Mecca A turns up to the media conference because mm-hmm. there's a tendency not to have last few, last time he, when he won it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he turns up and hopefully he kind of stirs the pot a little bit because <laughs> you know it, it just that's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, like it is theatre at the end of the day, and you know it's totally. modern theatre. And so if we can get that happening, and and because the girls race is so fascinating and. Mm. I don't know, like, one thing I love about Caroline Stephen, which I was saying to John before, is that she kind of just says what she thinks, mm. you know, and, and, and there's kind of an innocence to her, which is quite nice, and, and maybe she'll rub some people the wrong way just because she, she maybe won't consider that some of her words could piss other people off, yeah. and, uh, and I think that could be really good, so hopefully we get a really good media conference, and then who else have we got on tomorrow? 
Mary Beth? Uh, what are we doing tomorrow? It depends how we slot them all in, but um, yeah, I, we, I have arranged, and hopefully it all um, goes to plan, to interview the uh, Aussie Ironman, so surf Ironman guy, Kane XD, um, right. so that could be really interesting. We've got Mary Beth Alice lined up. Um, uh, oh, tonight we're going down seeing Jordan Rapp. And, oh, got, oh, great. Yep, and uh, Nell Stevenson, who we talked to a while ago about the paleo stuff, but she's a top age grouper. Um, and then Belinda Granger. Oh, good stuff. Going to try to catch up with Meredith Kessler if we can. Um, Michelle Vesterbury. Um, so Mate, to, we're going to have a three-hour show tomorrow. Uh, well, this could be Thursday, Friday. Bumped into Siri Lindley. We're going to hopefully get Siri Lindley on the show People on Friday. Her, don't they? Oh, she's she's nice. nice well, nice not lady. just, but she's yeah. she's obviously a pretty wise coach. Yeah. And then on uh, Friday, um, we're going to catch up with hopefully Matt Malloy, UK age grouper. Oh, Matt Malloy, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bumped into him last year, and then we'll get um, a bunch of other random stuff in there. Okay, guys, so we'll, we'll pretty much wrap up. This. We'll probably go an hour and a half, or we'll probably get two hours. Well, it depends on how long it talks for, but um. Once again, if you could help us by spreading the word of what we're doing, chuck it on your Facebook, send out a Twitter link. You know, if you're enjoying what we're doing over here, just help spread the word. It's definitely just, you know, helps us do what we do. Um, sponsors? Manolani Hotel and Stay in Luxury. Stay in Luxury and Endurance Sport Travel. Stay in Luxury. Be looked after. And make sure you support Coffees of Hawaii because uh, it's been a hassle for Albert to get that boat out there this year. And um, Yeah, man, they've got restrictive, haven't they? Yeah, so uh, support, support. Baywatch has gone bad. Yeah. And uh, when you come over here... Go to Lava Java, Lava Java and get some salads. I do creations. I do creations. Blue 70. Blue 70 for the Aquathon today. Are we missing nice anyone, work. John? Then we've got a good old um, Athlinks and Extreme Endurance, who everybody got a bit of uh, Extreme Endurance today. And Training Peaks, remember the code IMTALK for Training Peaks. Um, and you got it just this week. That's going to give you one month free with their premium version. And remember, we talked about this yesterday, but if you don't listen to our uh, the Tanipura Legends of Triathlon podcast, get in there. There's you know, there's a good 10 episodes or so up there now, and it's uh, it's all good stuff. And if you want to go somewhere nice as well outside of Kona, go to the Tanipura uh, Resort, which is Fantastic. And finally, if you want to come and do, get the Kona experience for yourself, I've got spaces in the 2014 Epic Camp Light where we're going to loop Sorry, the, I- loop Sorry, the Sorry, island. Uh, Look at me, he's, he's a salesman from hell. 2014, you've only got to wait a year and a half. <laughs> hey, just but lastly, also thank you for the people who donated. Um, we say it every time and we really, really mean it. We're only here because you guys want us here and uh, we, we, we we appreciate that you're pretty like what we do, but it really comes down to the fact that you guys share some of your hard-earned money. So for all the people who donated in the last 12 months, we really, really appreciate it, and hopefully you're happy with what we're doing over here. John, we've got no more challenges this year. Yeah, we balk- balked a bit on the old um, wearing the tri-suits in the aeroplane one. Well, yeah, we I, did. I brought we? that one up, but I, yeah, it didn't happen. No, it was because um, it was the Qantas. I'm okay with, I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay. I want to try to do a little bit of running later in the week. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe we could have a running race. Maybe we could do something on race day or during the bike. Uh, like a challenge? Mm. What kind of challenge could we do? Mm. We could like do a, a Palani Hill race or something on our bikes. Oh, really? I don't know. Uh. That'll only take like a minute. Oh, like a TT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? I'd probably crack you in there. I've got to beat you at something. We could do a run and Because you've been beating me in a lot of things recently in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> I need to beat you at something. <laughs> Oh no, I beat you last year, didn't I? Yes, we'll, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, love your work team. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, bet time, same bet channel. I'm Russ. I'm Ian, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.